another episode ready to go They're gonna talk about the good and the trash and anything in between Cherishing make-believe, get ready for Halloween, it's the horror show I know you miss those guys, tune in and find out what's on their list tonight They butcher and dissect, take apart and mutilate Listen to your two favorite brainiacs communicate It's the horror show Hello everybody and welcome to the Horror Show, show dissects, mutilates, dismembers, and butchers all of your favorite and not-so-favorite horror movies and other horror-related events. I'm Sean. I'm Joe. Hello, Joe. What's going on? Oh, nothing. I'm ready for the red right hand. We just did a Patreon episode that was super fun. Um, Rating and going track by track on the Scream 2 soundtrack, including listening to the songs. It was, uh, you know, that's right up my alley. I'm, I love music. That's so, your jam. Uh, you hit me. You hit me with a surprise. I didn't know we were going to do that, and uh, I'm looking forward to doing it for the Scream Three. Yeah, you know, and that's like, I guess that's the that's basically like the fucking essence of this show, right? Like, it's just last minute thoughts <laughs> that were like that would be funny, <laughs> dude. Dude, that's so funny because um, last week we did the first Scream, and yep. I had a couple of messages from longtime listeners who were like, "I can't believe like how much research you guys put into it," and truthfully i just looked at like i I pulled up like a trivia page (laughs) like had it up like two minutes before we recorded so i'm glad that it translates well because there is very little effort here here's 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 what i'm gonna fucking say right i i'm not giving myself credit i i i go through a few pages i search a few things and then i go to youtube and i watch a few like behind the scenes things usually that's the least that's the least amount of information i get um all of this is to be said, all of these podcasts that everyone's like, these podcasts are so good. They do deep dives and all the research on these movies. Fun fact, they fucking don't. I, you, all of you listening, and me, myself included, we're just too lazy to read the entire Wikipedia. So, so we just skim it. But what happens when you take like 10 minutes to actually read the Wikipedia is you get all this information. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because i actually i i had did not even pull up the scream 2 wikipedia i just i googled like 15 facts about uh <laughs> oh, yeah. scream 2 and then it comes up with a couple pages oh man there i mean go. listen you that's all you do you just google scream 2 you get a bunch of information and like th- by the way this information is super cool and it's probably easier to it listen is. to somebody tell you it for sure wait by the way i take that back it is for sure easier to listen to somebody tell you it. Uh, uh, but, like, it's we're not going crazy here, guys. We appreciate you, though, for thinking that highly of us. But, um, <laughs> you know, we, we, we are not, you know, re- research is actual research. It's interviewing and doing things like that. And that's not what we're doing. We're just reading shit on the Internet, which also all of your favorite true crime podcasts do. So, you know. Damn. <laughs> You know, old school Sean, because I'm drinking that wine again. That wine Sean. <laughs> red wine Sean. The red wine Sean. Um yeah. there so you you you've 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 done that song in about as much as the movie did in the first time. <laughs> dude, <laughs> dude, the movie plays that song so often, I don't know. It honestly actually infuriated me. Um <laughs> a couple notes, just a couple housekeeping things here. First of all, uh Merry Christmas. We're coming off of Christmas. Joe, your Christmas, it was good. It was Christmas. It was Christmas. No, I was kidding. <laughs> I the agree kids, the kids, I agree. kids had a great 
Kids had a great time. That's all I care about. Yeah, I, I had a good Christmas. Uh, my shit's already packed up. Tree's gone. Everything done today. Oh, I am so jealous, dude. <laughs> Tina, it's gonna be out for like another month. If it was me, it would have been in the bonfire. <laughs> I I told you. I told James. I said, "Hey, should we start taking this stuff down today?" And he was like, "No, man. Like, leave it up for like till January." And I was like, "Well, I won't do that. <laughs> but I'll leave it till you leave today." <laughs> um yeah that shit's all packed up already um yeah it was good it was good and we got new year's coming up probably the worst fucking holiday of the year i fucking hate it (laughs) i fucking hate new year's so much it fucking pisses me off every time uh don't know where that hate comes from but um so happy new year's everyone (laughs) merry christmas um all merch pre-orders are out. It's all gone. I got them all out before Christmas. So you guys will be seeing those soon. Um, you, you got an email with your tracking information. So check for that. Everyone, West Australia, uh, what, what else? UK, Isle of Man, regular Australia. I don't know the difference between West Australia and regular Australia, but it's a thing. It's a thing. Ireland, uh, Germany. Uh, there was a few others, uh, but man, so crazy to see those pre-orders come in. Love man. it. Um, and I also want to shout out Only Flesh, and I feel like I've tried to shout him out in the past, and I always fuck this up. I never have his shit ready to go. Um, fucking god damn it. Because he made a music video for I, us. I put on my stories the other day. It was, it was great. I'm going to – I'll put it up on ours also. Boy. He he included all the clips from movies we've covered. Um, he wrote a song for the show um, a while back. I, I don't use it as often, like in the live shows, as I should. I, I got to do that more often. I'm just, it's not that I don't like it. It's just that I'm a fucking idiot, quite frankly. Um, but if you Google only flesh, uh, the Wikipedia, uh, the Facebook comes up along with how to find their music and stuff in their YouTube page. And uh, the first thing on their Facebook page right now is... Uh, is the horror show music video featuring Trickster on the cover of it. <laughs> fucking that disgusting freak. I fucking hate that guy. Um so check that out. Only flesh. Uh what a good guy. What a good guy. Um, yes, thank you. Yeah. He's he's a good dude. Um all right. But we gotta talk, man. We gotta we gotta fucking chit chat here. We, we gotta talk about fucking Scream Two from nineteen ninety seven. Dude, well, I, I have to, I have a question for you. Yeah. Disregarding this viewing, disregarding any recent viewings, what was your or do you remember your original impression of Scream Two? Here's what I'm gonna. And for the for the listeners, I don't know if Sean loves it, if he dislikes it. I don't, I don't know. So I don't. I'm curious to see how you feel after, but I want to know your original. We didn't say anything to each other about this movie, uh, which is is kind of rare. Usually, we'll say something. Uh, yeah, the holidays. I, I watched it for the show uh, right before we recorded, so last minute. Yeah. Um. So honestly, I did not remember a single fucking thing about this movie. Not not one thing did I remember. Wow, okay. Like genuinely, that that is that is for sure. And I mixed up oftentimes I thought Scream 2 was Scream 3. Okay. Um I, I don't remember any of it. I remembered it was at a college. I remembered like some basic stuff, but I, I did not remember. I remember Timothy Oliphant. Um uh, but even that performance I was shocked to see. 
when he just imitated Matt Lillard for uh, dude. Oh, thank you <laughs> for, for I, I have such a beef with that. I have. I'll tell you my my thoughts on this, but that in particular, he doesn't do that at any point in time in the movie until that scene. Yes, and it's so like out of place. Like why why are you all of a sudden acting like that? It's so ridiculous. It's so fucking ridiculous. Um, but generally. Um, I mean, okay, so that that's my thoughts going into it. I was like an open book pretty much for this. Like, seeing Aunt Jackie surprised me. I forgot she was in this. Um, um, there were certain things I guess I did remember, like, as I saw them. But I don't know. What were your thoughts about this um, prior to rewatching? I held it in pretty high regards. I thought it was a, a great sequel. Um, I, I remember almost all of it. And... Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, no, I was going to say, you're not the only one, because I, I guess when this dropped, when this fucking hot little nugget dropped, uh, uh, <laughs> sorry, I've been drinking wine. I'm like a little bit drunk. <laughs> a little bit drunk. Hot, little, hot little nugget. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, when this little guy dropped, uh, I guess some people were like, this is better than the original. <laughs> Which is fucking madness to me. <laughs> <laughs> That's absolutely fucking insane. That's absolutely fucking insane. Well, so I I had high regards. I never thought it was better than the original, but I thought it was um you know a pretty damn good sequel. Um I'm not gonna say my, my thoughts yet, but on on our Facebook page, which still exists, <laughs> I always forget to check it. But my our buddy, my buddy Matt, uh Matt W, he made a comment and he's like, to be honest, Scream 2 is pretty perfect until the end. Um, and he is one of the hardest people to please. Like you could show him a masterpiece and he'll be like, man, you know? So when I saw him make that comment, I was like, damn, it must really like hold up. Uh, I, I, I don't agree with that. I I have mixed feelings on it. I don't, I don't dislike this movie. I don't dislike this movie at all. I think there's parts to it that work really, really well. And that are really good and, and the meta parts of it. There's some meta parts of it that I think are great, but there's other parts that are just baffling. It looks like it doesn't need to happen. And also this movie's way too fucking long. This movie's way too long. So way longer than it needs to be. And, and by the way, I think Scream, the original, I think clocks in at two hours also, but it was fine. Really? I, I'm really? pretty sure I'm doing this. I'm, is a lo- this is a long two hours then. Right, I that, and Compared I think this, scream. I think this is a. Um, let me just confirm this. Um, scream one runtime is one hour fifty one minutes. Okay. Scream so two 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 hours two minutes. So yeah, like nine minutes, which you know, give or take, it, it, it's it's roughly the same. But it, I can tell you right now, if Scream one was two hours and two minutes, it would have been fine. Still, it would have still been fine. Yeah, an extra nine minutes wouldn't have changed. Wouldn't have affected it. This movie should have cut at one hour thirty minutes. Like it, it could have been a ninety-minute movie. That's for ab- sure. Oh, for sure, absolutely. It's actually, it's actually crazy. And, and you know, sometimes I like, I know I'm Mister Hour Thirty Minutes. I know that, but this is like a this perfect a example. example. This is a this perfect is a example. example of it. Where like Scream Two is fine at two hours, or Scream One's fine at two hours. This one is not fine at <laughs> two hours. This one's not not okay at two hours. Um, yeah. And again, I, I don't hate this movie. I think, you know, horror sequels, it's not always easy. And no. they had good ideas. And, and there's 
a lot of good things about this, but it, it, like you said, there's people who consider it like better than its predecessor. That's fucking nuts. And the first one's legitimately scary. Yeah. Even after watching it 15 times, there's no point in time in this movie. <laughs> where I'm like nervous or scared, right? Like, no, absolutely just not. not. Maybe that one scene, not maybe. I'll, I'll give credit to that scene where there's the car, they're in the car and it crashes and they have to climb out through the window. Okay, yeah, that's for good, sure. That, for sure. That's, you know, that's good suspense. Like, and I remember being sus- like feeling suspense when watching it the first time. That seems well done, but as a whole, where the first one's like a legitimately terrifying slasher, you don't know who's going to strike and when. Yeah. It just doesn't add up in this one. No, it doesn't. And a a lot of that is, boy, this movie also like the making of is, is a, is a mess. It's a mess. It's straight up a fucking mess, which is crazy because boy, I I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. This movie on, we're going to start seeing some interesting stuff. And, and this, by the way, guys, I saw people being like, this should be a, uh, 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 what are they, what do we call it? A serial killer. It basically is. So, you know. Oh, yeah. This is basically, <laughs> this is as close as it's going to get, probably. Because serial killers just take so much extra time to make. Um, but maybe we will. Like, because I'm honestly interested in Wes Craven at this point. Because this dude is so fucking weird with with his shit. Like, this movie... <sighs> boy, he just, like, I don't know what, I don't know what his deal is. But this movie, so... Here's an example of why this movie is like the way it is, which is Scream 1 and Scream 2 are both among the highest grossing films of 1997 because Scream was released so late in 96. So both of them were on the list of the highest grossing films of 97. And then they somehow squeezed in, like they make the first one and then they squeeze in a fucking sequel within like six months. Yeah, released less than a year later. Yeah. That's that is wild, and and it was such a mess. Um, uh, uh, let me get to the. Sorry, I wrote for some reason. I wrote my notes like a fucking idiot. Um, so Wes and Cra- Wes and Kevin come back, right? They'll only make one more Scream film together, which is four. Three. Kevin's gone. Kevin Williamson's gone. He's he doesn't write the third one, which. Quite honestly, after this one, for good reason, right? Um, and two more total they'll make together, which is Cursed and Scream 4. Um, and Williamson claims he saw this as a trilogy from the very beginning. Um, you know, <laughs> there was a. I'm, it's funny that you bring that up because there's a couple things that I read on mm-hmm. IMDb's trivia of things that were said where my first thought was like, I. Don't believe you. It sounds like something you said after the fact. I agree a hundred percent with you. Because uh, if you're writing Scream, the first one, yeah, and that story is wrapped up, done. Why? Why would you have a trilogy? Like, why, why would you even have a sequel? He and and now the one thing that I kind of do believe, just because I've seen so much of it, but like, you know, I guess even that I don't believe actually quite honestly was that William Williamson um, wrote created an outline for the sequel and sent it with the original scripts, which I, I they probably fucking threw the fuck out. Like, <laughs> like um, but no, I agree with you and there's going to be, yeah, like you said, we'll probably talk about it more as we keep going, but 
Shit, especially what Kevin Williamson says, is very fucking odd. And, like, very, like, I don't, I don't believe a fucking word he says. I'm going to be honest. All of it sounds, like, after the fact, like, yeah, didn't you, <laughs> didn't you like that? <laughs> and it's like, uh, no, what? Why, <laughs> why are you saying that? And this one is a perfect example. Um, Scream 2 started production before Scream even left the fucking theaters. Kevin started writing it. The leak, they leaked the entire fucking script before they... Online. Online. 1997. (laughs) I mean, how does that happen in 97? That's insane. That's insane. Which causes... That's very crazy. Even crazier that it was leaked enough for them to be like, I have to rewrite this. Because, like, who was reading it at that point? You know, like... Yeah, my understanding was everything was leaked. The killers were leaked. Everything was leaked in it. Yeah. Um, which is Yeah, but then okay. So so I read that, but then Williamson also was like, Well, what was really leaked was like a dummy cop. Yes. So was did you see that? Like <laughs> Yes, that was what I that's was like buried say. in the that's like buried in the facts section. Like Williamson's like, So what so what really happened? Like is this like a pseudo, you know, troll job? Like a Dude, publicity stunt? And, and if Scream 2 bombs, is he like, by the way, the script leaked. That's why it sucks. <laughs> right? Because that's that's kind of what happens. Because he, the script leaks. And my understanding is they had to rewrite shit every day. Like, And they were rewriting scripts they were the day writing of. as they were filming. Yeah. Right. That makes sense when you watch this movie. That makes perfect sense because there is shit in this movie that does not add up. And you're like, wait, why, why is this happening right now? Um, yeah. and, and that, so to understand that I'd be like, Oh, that makes sense. But then to, for Kevin Williamson to come back out after the fact and be like, by the way, that was a dummy script. Well then why does this fucking suck? And by the way, I shouldn't say that. Cause I, I actually like, like, I have mixed feelings. I have mixed feelings, like you said. That's the best way to put it. There's moments I really like, and then there's moments that you're like, this is not Scream, like, material, right? This isn't as yes. well thought out as Scream. And that that would make sense if the script got leaked and you're writing it every day, and it wasn't a fucking <laughs> dummy script. So, this guy, Kevin Williamson, and he, I think there's something else I'll have in here of something he said that you're like, wait, what? Like, what, what do you say? Like, uh, he... He constantly seems to be this guy that's like, oh, yeah, by the way, that was on purpose. And you're like, "Mm, I don't fucking know about that. (laughs) And especially when you find out about some of the ad libs that were done during this. And you're like, so, I mean, we can talk about this now during the scene. But but there is a scene in the college where they're (laughs) talking about sequels. Right. Which is which is a great conversation. Yes. Joshua Jackson's character. Yep. Says a quote from from Aliens. Uh Get off her, you bitch. And he says the quote the right way, the yeah. way that it is said in the movie Aliens. And Randy's character is like, uh, no, he actually says, like, stay off her, you bitch, or whatever, whatever Randy says. Yeah. And he corrects her. But the way that Randy says it is wrong. That's <laughs> not right. And in all of the trivia sections, you're like, well, actually, Joshua Jackson was supposed to say the wrong line, but he said the right line. So then 
Jamie Kennedy said the wrong line to kind of make up for it. Why would you not just cut that and have them reshoot it? Why would you not just tell them you, you fucked it up? Just say it the right way. That that would be the most easy. Like you wouldn't even have to stop rolling. Just be like, all right, say it again, but say the fucking wrong line, Joshua. Like, why would you? Why would you have your character, the you know, the movie buff, the the guy who knows everything about movies, correct him the wrong way? That doesn't make any fucking sense. I have you have the ability to make that edit. Like, what? There's a lot to say about Randy's performance in this. Uh, oh, dude, Randy, dude, Jamie, Jamie Kennedy. Looks like in any movie where a character has turned into a leprechaun, you know, like <laughs> the the beard and like the red Holy tint shit. of the hair, like, that is what Jamie Kennedy looks like. <laughs> That's fucking amazing. Yeah, it is. It's fucking crazy. Um, and, and I have more to. I'll talk about it when we when we get into the movie a little bit because it's nuts. But um, yeah, yeah. It's 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 so it's it's so fucking. It's so fucking weird. And um, back to Williamson, you know, talking about this screenplay and shit. There was one scene that Kevin Williamson's screenplay was described simply like in the screenplay. He wrote this. He said, Wes Craven will make it scary. Yes. <laughs> Does that sound like it was written? That, that it's no, not dude, more- <laughs> dude, I would hope they fired the entire like photography staff in the first one, right? Because something was blurry and the guy didn't want to replace everyone. And they got rid of the whole. Why would you not just be like, get the fuck out of here with that? Like, bring in a different screenwriter. Right, Wes Craven will make it scary. Fucking kidding me? How do you even know Wes is definitely coming back at this point? Like, what? Oh man! But still, this movie has a twenty-four million dollar budget. Does one seventy-two million in the box office? It's actually slightly lower than the uh, original. So, don't know how the studios felt about that. Kind of, kind of weird there. Um, they also considered different titles for this movie, uh, including "Scream Again," "Scream Louder," which. Whoever thought of that should have been fucking executed and <laughs> scream the sequel. <laughs> scream louder. Let's let's do that. Uh, uh, we got some new new cast here too. You got Aunt Jackie who just rapped from Roseanne. This movie is like the king of like let's bring in TV actors and make them movie stars. In a time when yeah. a time when t- TV actors weren't really considered, you know, up to the level of acting in movies. Yeah, and this is like a turning point too with '90s horror. Like '90s horror gets frowned upon, and and sometimes rightfully so. Right? Yeah. The, yeah. It's like you know the most tropiest of horror. Yeah. Um, but this, and I know what you did last summer from the same year, is like really the turning point where. They started to make horror like pretty, for lack of a better word. Yeah, they just brought yeah. in like good, good-looking actors and actresses, and you know, filled them in, in as the stars of the movie. Well, who doesn't want to be in Scream Two after like the success of the original, right? Yeah, for sure. It's fucking crazy. You got. Tim- I like. I like the casting in this. Oh, the casting! I it's I it's stellar, and, and I'd, I'd probably like it more if it was paced a little bit more like the original Scream, and like. The the pacing is the biggest issue, the biggest issue. There's too much downtime, dude. It's there's too much downtime because in the first thirty minutes, it is the most rapid fire shit I've ever seen in my life. 
I couldn't, I, I actually took a break. I started watching it. I got 15 minutes in and I was like, I'm writing way too many notes on this. Like, cause the first 30 minutes is just like, Hey, remember me? And then it's like, Oh wait, you don't remember me, but here I am. J- Jerry, Co- Jerry O'Connell. Uh, Oh, here's Timothy Oliphant who you don't know yet. First leading role for him. But like, there was just so many people coming into your life and you were just like, who, what, why do I care about these people? And that's one of the biggest problems that the critics had with this. Well, the critics that, I mean, this got widely um, not criticized. It, it was held in regard by critics. People were like, this yeah, is Siskel great. Yeah, and Ebert loved it, and they don't like horror. No. There you and, go. And it's it's kind of wild. To, that's wild to me because, um, and so Ebert, I think, ultimately said, like, the the one issue is, like, this cast that you just don't give a fuck about. Like, in the first one, you had this massive cast, which is always tough to balance. But, like, every one of them, you were like, oh, I get this guy. He could be a suspect. Oh, I get this guy. I get this girl. She could be a suspect. And in this one, it's kind of just like, who the yeah. fuck cares? <laughs> I think, I think you know, college takes... I think the first one works so well, too, because it's a small town, small right. community. And it's like your close-knit high school friends. So, everyone could relate to that. Once you get to college, I mean... You're on a campus of hundreds of thousands of people. Right. Literally anyone could fucking murder you. And also, as we'll talk about in, in more detail, nobody seems to give a shit <laughs> at any point in time in this movie. None of these people – dude, these people – back to that scene where they're talking about sequels. Somebody in that class is like, yeah, I sat next to her in like class. Like the, They know these people that were murdered. Right. And they're just fucking joking about movies <laughs> and the murder. It's like this is the day after. Like <laughs> – no, what's happening? And by the way, you want to talk about, like, the first one takes place in Woodsboro, uh, what we assume is a suburb in Southern California, maybe on the outskirts of, like, LA-ish, right? Um, yeah. This one, <laughs> I didn't even realize it until I was reading shit about it, takes place in fucking Ohio. Ohio. West Craven's home state. But, like, how in the fuck... Does Dewey, Gale, Nev, Randy, <laughs> California <laughs> to Ohio? <laughs> That's the most absurd shit I've ever heard in my fucking life. And you could, you can email me. You can tell me a million things about it. Listen, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. You could have easily resolved this by just being like, "Hey, we're in, you know, NorCal, or like even just." A couple hours away in a in a college, but Ohio, like what was, what was that decision? That that seems odd to me. Um, which speaking of, I got I got to remember we got to remember because we got a ton. Oh my god, we got a flood of emails talking about scream memories. Um, so hopefully we have some time to go over those emails from fans because I appreciated all of those. Um, and make sure you send those over to me, Sean at IHateHorror.com. Any memories you have of the Scream franchise, one, let, let's keep it to one and two for now. Any any episode we do on Scream after we release it, shoot me an email about the that that episode or that movie. Um, but yeah, uh, Ohio. Ohio. That that was something. So um this movie was filmed in nine weeks. Now I don't know how long the first one was filmed for, but I know scene 118 that took place in one scene was three weeks long. So my guess is a bit longer than nine, <laughs> nine weeks. Yes. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, yeah. And again, it has a bit of a rushed feel to it. Very rushed. It feels and 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 it feels rushed. And I felt that way before I read these this information. So you got Timothy Oliphant in his first leading role. You got David Arquette's dad. Yeah, coming top. in there as the chief of police. Um, again, it was released in December. I don't know if they were all released in December, but I guess we'll find out as we keep going. I that's honestly. Scream might be like my new December thing. I'm I'm fine with it. And like I might start watching Screams in December. It, this is this has been fun. I I've really liked watching it. Um even if it's not, you know, whatever. Um and we talked about the MPAA ratings last week a little bit. Uh, f- fans really liked that conversation about breastuses. Uh, and PG-13s. This one has another MPAA story a little bit, which is um, they wanted an R rating. So Wes came up with an idea. Now, I've again, here we go again with the stories, right? There's 18 stories to this MPAA rating to get this to rated R. But Wes comes up with an idea to overload it with fucking gore. Like, send them the gnarliest cut you can even imagine, right? Um, Like, and and a cut that West didn't even want. He didn't even want it that gory, and he sends it to him. Now, one story says the MPAA approves it, right? And that's what we see. Another one says, "Oh, they approve the R rating, the R rated one with the gore, but it does cut out some of the NC seventeen stuff. Like, there's like a brutal murder for Randy, I guess." Um. Ultimately. Uh, I believe the story that Bob Weinstein went to the MPAA and paid them off. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe this lore that like, I, I mean, I believe that Wes probably did do that. Cause that's what I would do. Right. Like it, it, that's like common, like that's just simple business, right? Like I'm going to send them the worst and then we negotiate. Right. And then we, we cut it and then it looks better. I do believe that. I don't think that there's any way that like, that that he I don't think that he cut anything. I don't think that he filmed extra gore with extra money. You know what I mean? Just to yeah. just to send it to the MPAA. Like that's no. that's that's like such like fan lore. Like you can tell, right? Like why why would he waste time shoot hey, let's waste special effects money and and film money and everything to film this so we can send it to the MPAA so they can cut it. Yeah, that makes no sense. That makes no fucking sense whatsoever. Never probably in the history of Hollywood has that happened. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, let's film. That should honestly so probably be that should that should be investigated. <laughs> right. Actually where, where where are you what are you doing? Where are you getting those funds from? And like what are you doing with the rest of them? Right. It it doesn't make a lot of sense to do that. So I, I think that there's some truth to it, but overall I, I think it's I think it's a little bit uh I think it's exaggerated for for the the retelling you know what i mean did you did you find this to be uh, like gory um no i mean i think there's some scenes that are like fucking nuts i like like dude just to bring up an example here opening kill with omar epps that's fucking kind of insane (laughs) (laughs) i'm gonna be honest I'm going to be honest. And and by the way, to 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 lend credit to I I mean and maybe they did have to cut some stuff out, but I again, I believe more of the Bob Weinstein paying them off. Like it was like Bob Weinstein paid them a visit. 
and suddenly everything was okay. And it's like, well, that's money, right? Yeah. And that makes sense. That makes sense. Like why they're not going to cause a major studio to not release a major picture at an R rate. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, they want to make money too. And the MPAA released a statement saying the underlying message of the film was significant enough to warrant the violence, which is the weirdest thing I've ever heard because what is the underlying message they're talking about? And that sounds like the excuse they use for like war films. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, oh, well, I mean, Sophie's it's a choice. That. <laughs> like, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, uh, like Sophie's choice should be like probably NC-17 just because that's fucking horrifying. But because yeah, of- it's like, the well, yeah, dude, <laughs> I'm honestly okay with that. Dude, if they made that, they should make Sophie's choice rated X because it's the most horrifying like thought concept. Film, right. right? Yeah. <laughs> but because Which, by the way, I, we brought this up before. She makes that choice in like the last three seconds. You have to watch her fucking relationship. In the modern day with Kevin Klein for two hours. And then and then you have one flashback of her choice. So what fuck Sophie's choice. It's my favorite it's my favorite it's my favorite reference and I've never seen it. <laughs> I'm just saying, I feel like that's the type of movie where it's like the message of that movie is so much bigger than like the violence, right? Associated yeah. with it. So like yeah, yeah. That to me, that's like a movie where it's like that. Sh- that's fucking horrifying. But like, because like, not Scream Two. What what is the message of Scream Two? Well, it's it's do movies cause oh psychopathic stop killers? Stop it. Cause violence. I could have said. Uh, yeah, it's true. Anyway, um, so ja- Jamie Kennedy or Randy, I should say, yeah. has uh, rules for a sequel that he says. Did you pick up on those? Did you write those down? I, I didn't write those down. All right. So I, I actually have something written down for once in my life. <laughs> he has rules for a sequel. It is the death total is always greater. The okay. murder scenes are always much more elaborate with more blood and gore. Mm-hmm. And never, ever, under any circumstance, he gets cut off here, but there is uh, like a scene where they filmed him saying it. He says, never, ever, under any circumstance, assume that the killer is dead. So those are the three rules for the sequel. Do you think they followed those rules? Um, so again, it's the death total is greater. The murder scenes are much more elaborate with more blood and gore and never, ever under any circumstances. The murder scenes are not more elaborate. There are, the- I agree. They didn't follow that rule. No. And, and even the assume the killer's dead at the end of this is almost more of a throwback to scream one than it is yes. the rules of a sequel. So, like, it, it's actually, like, it's actually kind of shitty. <laughs> the end is fucking, <laughs> it's actually pretty shitty. Um, so, so, I'd say no to the third. I don't know the death total. I I feel like maybe, I don't even know if it's higher. It might not be, right? See, like, I, I didn't, I should have, I should have looked at the numbers of the two. I mean, I'll go get it right now. But watching it, I didn't feel like. It was greater. And if it was greater, it might have been greater by like one or two, which I don't consider to be. I'd, yeah, I'd be fucking greater. curious about that. So there's eight in Scream and there's fucking ten. Okay. There's ten in Scream 2. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So sure. They followed the rule. But I mean, go fucking greater. And they I'll be honest. I'll good. be honest. The two, I'll tell you exactly what throws you off. I know what throws us off on this, which is the two cops. Which is like the weirdest fucking scene. Um, oh, the, when he's on top of the car. Yeah, both that. Those two cop that the, killing two cops is such a weird thing for 
Ghostface, in my opinion. You know, like, who's, like, a guy that kind of just, like, sticks with, I don't know. Well, he's not a guy. I mean, he's, he's different people each time, so he doesn't really have a this MO. This website claims to know who killed who. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they don't. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Uh, <laughs> Scream 2 was considered such a box office success that, 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 well, that it would be such a success that James Bond, Tomorrow Never Dies, and Titanic both moved their release dates hmm. from the 12th to the 19th. That's crazy. That's, that's nuts. Especially because Titanic, like, never left the theaters. Remember yeah. that? Remember everyone's mom just loved sing Titanic like 18 times. <laughs> I do. <laughs> fucking everywhere. Nightmare. That's so fucking weird. All right. Well, are we ready to Did hop- you know? Oh, whoa, whoa. did you know in this opening scene which we're about to get into, Robert Rodriguez directed some of it? I dude, I found out he directed all of the um stab footage. Not all of it, not all of it, but uh, wait, really? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, not all of it. It was the scene with Luke Wilson, yeah, yeah, and the scene with uh, Heather Graham, which wait, I so I guess it's all of it. That's all that's, of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I see what you're saying. He didn't. He didn't direct like the stab interviews, right? Like the um, like uh Tori uh spelling talking to the interviewer and being like he he didn't yeah, direct yeah, that. Yeah. But he directed just the stab part, which the is a movie within a movie. Dude, which is so which by the way, I fucking love that element of this movie. I do. I think that's fucking great. I think that's so fucking cool. But but, but can you imagine spending the money to hire a director? Because like and, and by the way, this is just like what you read, but it's it's like oh, they wanted it to be separate from West. They wanted it to look different. What are, what are you saying? <laughs> it looks exactly like the first movie. Just have fucking West direct it. What the fuck? It's because they wanted to film it somewhere else really quickly, right? Like, sure, th- that's yeah. what it was. They were on a fucking time constraint, and they were like, "Can you yeah, have Luke, another Luke director?" Wilson do and this? Heather Graham couldn't, and Tori Spelling couldn't get there in time. So. They couldn't fly to fucking Georgia to film this to pretend they're in Ohio. Like they could easily film that in LA, and that's what they did. And fucking Robert Rodriguez went out there and filmed it, and it cut off like two weeks of time from the fucking filming schedule. <laughs> I, I'm I'm with you on that. But and also, and, real quick, I just I just want to point out that um, they did not tell the cast who the killer was going to be. Um and, and they wrote the the final page on like special paper so they would know if anyone came in contact with it or whatever. Yeah, they didn't and um Yeah, I don't know. A fucking big surprise. They probably all read it and were like, oh fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, get Kevin here, man. <laughs> what the fuck is happening? All right. Now this opening scene Thoughts. I have mixed mixed feelings on it super mixed right <laughs> I'm it, part of it part of it is a great cold open yep right Absolutely. and other part of it is like annoying it's fucking annoying as shit it's doo doo <laughs> And scary, scary movie absolutely murdered it. Oh, <laughs> scary, and rightfully scary, so. Rightfully, scary movie fucking picked that apart. 
Yeah. So so we open with the premiere of Stab, right? Which is the movie based on Gail Weathers' book. Um, what, what was it called? Ba- based on the book, the Woodsboro movie, the Woodsboro Murders by Gail Weathers. Which opens up, by the way, that opens up a whole other conversation of like continuity and shit. I, that that is something else. But anyway, um, they're only they're only a year removed from the murders, right? From the um, events in the first one. Yeah, I guess it's like pretty. Re- yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. Because so, Cotton Weary's only been in jail for a year. Yeah, so like pretty. Yes, it has to be a year. Pretty absurd that <laughs> she wrote a book and published it, and then they made a film based on that book. Uh, a film based on the book, and also <laughs> completely accurate to the real life, when Sydney wasn't participating, and most people involved in it were dead. So, <laughs> um, and, and also having a having. <laughs> Like a real life murder, and then I, I don't know. I I know movies get made on real life murders. And I know sometimes it can be pretty recent, but like the amount of people into that and like <laughs> glorifying ghosts, all having ghost based masks, not a giving thing. out ghost masks. That's not- fucking. It's fucking insane, dude. Running it's around pretending insane. to stab people, being like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> based on a real murder. Imagine after the Manson murders, you get out like fake beards. <laughs> And, and and let people come in with prop knives, swastika temporary tattoos for your forehead. Dude, you should all be arrested. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, th- now I read trivia on this, which was which honestly actually upset me. And it said the opening sequence in Scream Two was directly lifted from the little known 1980s slasher movie called "He Knows You're Alone," starring a young Tom Hanks. Do do you remember the opening scene of that movie? I don't think I do. Here, I'm going to tell you. It's not directly lifted, Joe. It's a fucking... It, here, here's the thing. It's it's weird that the movie theater looks like it. Like, the movie theaters look similar from the interior. Like, there's interior shots where you're like, oh, shit. Dude, that movie is so much different. It's fucking unbelievable. And the, the girl gets stabbed in her seat from behind and then just, like, falls over on the other girl. It is nothing like this movie, and to call it like a direct lift is is nuts. <laughs> Not even just an homage. Just hey, hey, dude, it's fucking nuts to call it a direct lift. This is so far removed from that. Um, but whatever, that's fine. I, I, you know. Um, but yeah, everyone's dressed up as Ghostface, and then a weird thing here was a contest winner is the usher handing out the costumes in this. Right? She won a costume through or a contest through MTV. Uh, to be in the movie, and she was the usher that hands out the costumes when um, Omar Epps and Jada Pinkett um, go in there. Um, if that's true, and I do believe that's true because there's more information about this, but like, yeah. why? And there's also that rumor that the I Know What You Did Last Summer director contest <laughs> that like directed that scene where it's like, what does she say? I forget, but she's like knees in the dirt she's on her knees being like why <laughs> what was hollywood what do you- doing at this point <laughs> where they were just handing out like jobs <laughs> like <laughs> to contests on mtv to be- people people with no experience <laughs> it's so fucking weird it's so fucking odd to me but honestly knowing that that was a contest 
kind of made me believe that I know what you did last summer thing a little bit more because I was like, wait, why is this happening? (laughs) Um, and Jada, we know you can feel it from the moment this starts is the Drew Barrymore of this movie. Right. Um, yeah. Or attempting to be. And and this is no knock to Jada, but I just don't think she had the kick that Drew had at this point. Like, Jada was just... I mean, Jada had an insane 96, but was not Drew Barrymore. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Jada was huge at this point. But to your point, Drew had been around... You know, Drew was more of a household name. She'd been around since E.T., you know, right, 15 years earlier. So, I, I, I do agree that... Drew was probably a bigger star power name in Scream. And even Drew, I mean, I guess Drew, like, even kind of had, I don't know, I don't know. Drew, Drew was always, like, a star, I guess. But she wasn't, like, she wasn't, like, a superstar at this point. Dude, like, she even did, like, a background character for, like, Batman uh, versus Robin. Or, no, Batman Forever. Batman Forever. Batman Forever, yeah, with the Riddler. So, it's, like, it's, it's not like she was, like, massive. You know what I mean? She wasn't, like, massive, but... I don't know. Like, I guess Jada just didn't feel, Jada didn't feel the same, I guess. I don't know. But Jada also wasn't like front and center on the cover. No. Yeah. I, th- I think that's the difference. Like Drew, Drew was the eyes put out there as like, Drew's going to be our star. You know? Right. Yeah. I, don't I mean, know. Jada, Jada was in set it off and nutty professor and demon Knight and, uh, menace to society. So she, she was well known at that point. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. And she was in that that movie, um, If These Walls Could Talk, which also had Matt Lillard, which we talked about last week. Yes. um, So, I mean, she was, like, coming off a good year, but I don't know. It just just seemed seemed a little odd, I guess, for the Scream franchise. But And, yeah, the theater is pure fucking chaos. Dude, I would call it So, I wanted to ask you, dude, is... That movie theater is like the most anxiety-inducing thing I could ever imagine. Oh, for being sure. In. Go, I would, I would turn around and <laughs> get my money back, and I would go see it a couple of weeks later. There's no way I would sit and watch a movie with that many people in there, all in masks and screaming and throwing popcorn at the screen. I'd fucking leave. There's no, there's nothing that would make me stay there. Which is funny because like they like uh, Jada Pinkett like really wants to go see. Fuck, is it a Halle Berry movie? No, Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. Sandra Bullock. She wants to see a Sandra Bullock movie. And, <laughs> and like, to me, once you got in the theater, I'd be like, okay, we're going to go see the Sandra Bullock movie. Dude, like, I would go, I, I would say that, too. I'd be like, let's go see that fucking Sandra Bullock movie. And, right? by the way, Omar Epps does say that eventually. And she's like, no, no, no. Let's stay. And I'm like, what? <laughs> what? This is way worse than the line outside. Like, she saw the line outside and was like, this fucking sucks. Get me out of here. But inside a theater of screaming human beings, she was like, nah, this is cool. Like, let's, <laughs> this is great. Let's stay. Um, so everyone's dressed up as ghost face. We start the movie and I love, I love, again, I love the fucking fake, the movie within the movie. Heather Graham playing Drew Barrymore is fucking phenomenal. I fucking love it. Um, yep. And Graham just coming off of Swingers and Boogie Nights and like Boogie Nights just premiered three months prior to this. So like, like this girl was a star and they didn't even know it. You know what I mean? Like, that's timing. That's nuts. Like, and isn't that like the tale of Scream? Like, it feels like everyone was like on the come up as they filmed Scream. Yes. It's so wild. Um, 
Jada walking around the theater. She's experiencing some easiness. People complaining about the story and how it's inappropriate, which is true. <laughs> true. Uh, Epps is running around scaring her with the mask. Um, and ultimately, Epps is our first victim here. And he gets got by the luckiest kill in horror history <laughs> when he's in the bathroom taking a piss at a urinal right next to a stall. And he hears what appears to be like somebody whispering weird shit, like, like, mommy, mommy. Like, I don't even know what it was. Um, and he's like, which, by the way, if you did this in the bathroom, you should be arrested. He's hearing, <laughs> he, he's hearing this weird shit. So he puts his ear to the fucking stall. Dude, putting, putting your ear, like, putting any appendage on any, any Yo, part fingers included. <laughs> Agreed. Any, any any exposed part of your body, unless you're sitting on a toilet, like any other part is unacceptable, bro. Especially, especially at a screening as packed as this one. Like, dude, me and you have both been to like um, like Marvel screenings when they're packed, right? Like, I don't want to touch shit in that th- pre-COVID. I don't want to fucking touch anything. I don't want to use the bathroom. I don't want to be anywhere near these fucking people. And Omar right. puts his fucking face against the wall. <laughs> and if you've ever been in a men's bathroom, like, yeah, his head is at head's height and he's leaning up against the stall. I wouldn't be surprised if there's piss up there. I'm going to be honest. Like, there's, there's a, actually, there's probably like a 90% chance there's piss <laughs> that high up on the wall. For sure. Without a doubt. <laughs> And maybe doo-doo. You don't know. You just never know with these fucking public bathrooms. Um, but Omar Epps gets stabbed in the fucking ear. Yeah. Like you said, a good kill. Good looking kill. Wild kill, man. That's that's a way to start off this movie. You know, and you're like... It, to me, I'm like, okay, the violence has escalated, right? Um, yeah. Everything else after this is just whatever. The huge, you know, and, and that includes Jada, who, um, you know, uh, somebody returns to the seat next to Jada, not her boyfriend, uh, wearing the screen, in the screen mask. mask. Yep. yep. She grabs his arm, finds the blood, um, and then gets stabbed by him. Now, I have a problem with this death because she is, I love Jada. I really do. Uh, she is acting like such an asshole being killed. <laughs> she she crawls up to the screen. She's been stabbed like 15 times and she crawls up to the stage and then stands upright. Like she's already hunched over bleeding to death. And she stands upright and gives like a, a death wail. Like like bears do. Like when, when a bear is, is shot. Like I don't know why I've seen a video on this, but like <laughs> they, they stand up and they give like death wails and then they, and then they die. That is what she does. And there is no need for her to do that at all. Yeah. And also in that theater, nobody would fucking notice because everyone's throwing right. shit and everyone's screaming and talking over the movie. So it's irrelevant for her to do that. I was and expecting again, the crowd to scary movie. Yeah. It was a scary movie. Again, dismantle that because they have the character in Scary Movie talking talking out loud and yelling at the characters. And then everyone takes takes turns stabbing her, which is <laughs> fucking brilliant. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's a great bit. But Jada also told Wes that she wanted to do that because she wanted to have the most gruesome kill in horror movie history. Dude. Which, it, it, it's fucking not. 
<laughs> Dude, Are you kidding me? That is the most insane thing. When I read that, I was like, oh, so she ruined that scene? Which, fun fact, this will go, this will continue with, and I don't know what was up with Wes, but I was watching behind the scenes footage of him, and he's just, it appears he does not give a fuck, and he's just listening to whatever anyone tells him. So, an example of this is I was watching behind the scenes footage. <laughs> Of Wes directing. He's directing the scene where the um, sorority runs outside to see what's going on outside. And, dude, it's unbelievable. I I actually could not believe what this happened. And then, Leave Schreiber is standing behind him, and he's like, hey, Wes, uh, can you put put my dog in the movie? And Wes Wes just goes, yeah, I guess. And... (laughs) Then you watch them film it with the fucking dog in that scene. Refilm, they reshot it with the fucking dog in that scene. And Lee Shriver's like, oh, yeah, thanks, man. That's cool. <laughs> and I'm like, dude, what kind of director is just like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. And I feel like that's what happened here, too, where fucking Jada is like, listen, I want to film the... Gr-. And by the way, you're talking about a guy that made The Last House on the Left. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> He knows gruesome. Great like, point. Great point. And, and like, she's like, I want to film the greatest murder scene of all time. And he's like, fuck, whatever, dude. Like, whatever you want to fucking do. Like, like, fucking fuck it. Like, the guy knows that that's not this fucking most brutal murder. It's hardly the most brutal murder in history. It's not even the most brutal kill in the movie. <laughs> Dude, when that co- when that cop is on top of the hood and it and it crashes, oh, that's the guy's nuts. face that's, is like ripped off. Like, fuck, that's gross, dude. And that's he's still moving. Good. He's still moving. Oh my yeah. god, that's fucking insane. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, fucking West. I I do and like I, I I actually don't blame West for being in that mindset. If that's the mindset he's in, um, Matt Lillard has come out in recent interviews and said that was the mindset he was in. Um. Whether that's true or not, you know, we'll never know. But, like, I don't blame him. Like, that, like you're asking to, like, direct a fucking movie with no script. You're rewriting it daily. And, like, it's you know it's not going to live up to the first one. So, it's like, like how hard are you really going to work at it? You know what? You made a fucking masterpiece. And then six months later, they're like, make another one. <laughs> that's actually nuts. Like, that's fucking mental. Oh boy. Um, so she dies on the fucking stage, um, bleeding out and the whole crowd goes silent. And again, like why would dude, I, I was, again, I don't remember it. So like, I was fully expecting the crowd to be like, yeah, you know what I mean? And like not realize she's dead. Yes. And yeah. Instead they're I like, was, Oh, why would you God. not? I mean, why would you think it was a murder? Right? Like everyone's in character. Dude, can you imagine that scene happening up at like Eastern, like the college that you, we partied at like there's zero chance anyone would stop what they're doing to be like, Oh God, that poor woman. Like <laughs> They'd be like, yeah, great job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it doesn't fit into how everyone's acting. No. All right. So screen, we get our title screen scream too. Um, we open with Nev dealing with prank callers and what we talked about last week, caller ID, right? <laughs> and and she now, now has one. She now has one and she's she's happy to use it as she's getting prank calls and and uh being like, Oh, is this 
uh, this is Jimmy Bob from blah, blah, blah. This is a federal crime. And you hear the guy on the other line be like, oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Which only our idiot friends from our hometown would do uh, instead of just <laughs> hanging up. <laughs> to this day. To this day. <laughs> to this day. Yeah. 37 years old. Um, <laughs> and also, speaking of that, uh, Nev, uh, Nev's roommate, who, fuck, I don't even have her name because... She, the, again, these characters are just so. Oh boy, they're so bizarre. Her, name, her name's uh, H- Haley. Yeah. Haley, Hallie or Haley, 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 H A L L I E. Um, these characters are just like not like established enough. Like, and Haley like just comes and goes. <laughs> like, she's not part of the original crew, so she's not there often, but she's there enough. It's it's a weird. It's a weird element, right? Um, it is. And like we said before, and like you just alluded to now, the first one has such good character development, and it does it so seamlessly. It's not, like, forced upon you. No. It just, it just you know, it's organic. It happens. This one, it's just not there. Dude, and, and by the way, this first 15 minutes that we're about to talk about is fucking insane of who shows up and, like, who, what, why, and it's nuts. Um, so we get... Haley, Hallie, and Sydney here. And by the way, Hallie has like a ton of pull with Sydney to the point where she can like determine Sydney's decision making. So you'd think she'd be a bigger, um, <laughs> a bigger presence in the film, but she's not. Um, we also go to Cotton Weary on TV, um, showing that he's being exonerated for his crimes, doing interviews, and this upsets Sydney, which is weird because they caught the murderers. So yeah, I. I'm not sure. I mean, I guess because he had extramarital affair with her mom. Sure. Getting in the bone zone with cotton. Hey. Yeah. Listen, get it in while you can't. I mean, but like, here's the thing. She got it on with it. <laughs> Listen, don't worry about it. What are you saying? <laughs> I've had a ton of wine. <laughs> I just filled up my glass again. Listen, here's what I'm saying. You know, let your mom, you know, do what she got to do. She was married. Your dad's always out of town. Ta- Listen, it's fine. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> Cotton's being exonerated. <laughs> but, but more weirdly, Sydney's just like really upset. And and you know, to your point, I guess she could be upset about the affair. But really, it seems like she's more just upset that he's like a living human being <laughs> on this earth. It, it, agreed. I, I can see like what angle they could be approaching from, but it does just seem like she's just furious that this guy's free, which right. he's innocent. So he, <laughs> he did not murder anybody, which brings up a whole other topic as we get into cotton weary a little later and like really poor writing um, in terms of, I shouldn't say poor, right? Poor writing compared to scream one versus this um, cotton weary storyline is absurd in this. It's actually fucking ridiculous. Also cause a dick. Cotton is, that's what I was gonna the say. That, the way that he approaches Sydney at the where the library, yeah, and like the way that he grabs her, like Cotton should be locked up. Yes, I, yeah, I'll go into it more as we get closer. But like, that is not the one thing that's lacking. Again, we we talked about it. Is these people like in the first one? Everyone was a suspect, right? No one showed yeah. their hand overly to be like, oh, I'm like super violent. Oh, I'm like aggressive. Blah blah blah. Cotton Weary appears to be 
a fucking heinous piece of shit. <laughs> and like he approaches Sydney with such like threatening mannerisms. Yeah, malice. Yeah. That like there's no way to really recover from that as a character. And it's weird. The ending is weird because of that. To, to make him to you know to make him a hero. Right. <laughs> it, it it makes no fucking sense, but we'll we'll talk about that a little bit later. Um so Cotton Weary's on TV, um, and the movie kicks right off with news that the murders were on campus. So Sydney's like, I gotta talk to Randy. By the way, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> Randy's not gonna provide you any information about this murder. Um, and reporters are already outside hand hounding her, uh, which is nuts. And we get Sarah Michelle Geller, man. We see yeah. Sarah Michelle Geller. We see Josh Jackson just for a moment. Josh Jackson's a baby and and not even a an actor at this point, really. He hasn't done much of was anything. It wasn't wasn't he in Mighty Ducks? He was in Mighty Ducks. That was his thing. But I mean, he wasn't like Teen Heartthrob. He wasn't Pacey yet, baby. When did Dawson's Creek premiere? After this, ninety seven. Yeah, ninety eight. Yeah, after this. I'm not going to commit to a year. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> But again, like man, like we're like it's so crazy that they like get these guys, like they get these people um, to, and, and then they like end up blowing up. Yeah, Joshua Jackson. Here, I'll, I'll pull it up. I'll I'll fucking do it for you guys. I'll fucking do it. I'll fucking do it. Um, Dawson's Creek started ninety eight. Okay. So, um, the next year. Yeah, yeah. So, and he he was in. Uh, let's see, what was he in for movies? Ninety six, he was in Robins of Loxley. Don't know what the fuck that is. D three, D three in ninety six. Oh, Magic in the Water. Oh my god, I saw that in theaters in ninety five. What a fucking nightmare. Why did my mom take me to that? Um, he was also in Andre the movie about the uh, fucking seal that wore t shirts and a hat. Wait, was this also directed by the guy that directed Mad Max? Oh, no. No, it wasn't. Never mind. <laughs> Remember how that guy did Babe, Pig in the City? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, you know, he wasn't he wasn't hot to trot, but they brought him in, you know. You also get Timothy Oliphant acting like a goddamn idiot, but not as badly as later on as Mickey. Who thinks he knows like all the best sequels and is listing all of the worst sequels? <laughs> As Randy's like, name one good sequel, and Timothy Oliphant's like, I don't even know. I can't even give it. Wait, a- he, he doesn't list bad ones. Do- he does. I thought he did because Randy like proves him wrong. Oh no, I guess he lists Godfather. No, he says, he says, he says Aliens, uh, Terminator Two. Oh yeah, Joshua Jackson says House Two. Oh yeah, that's the weirdest fucking thing. He says house two and its tagline, which is like the second story, <laughs> which is fucking great. Actually, that's awesome. Yeah, no, you're right. Timothy Oliphant doesn't. He he lists Terminator two, in which Randy is like, "What are you a fucking goddamn idiot?" And then, <laughs> and then mocks mocks Arnold's voice, which, by the way, Terminator two is so much better than Terminator. <laughs> In my, opinion. In my uh, opinion, you oh you disagree, motherfucker. I think I like the. I know, I know. A lot of people disagree. I, I like the first one better. But uh, that's neither here than there. T two is T two is great. T two is great. T two is great. James Cameron bought a fucking submarine off of T two. All right, fucking <laughs> relax. 
<laughs> the, the Randy's Arnold impersonation is one of the worst impersonations I've ever heard. And also the line that he says is so uninteresting. <laughs> like, there's so many. He could have said, la vista, baby. He could have said, I'll be back. He could have said anything. All he says is, so oh, God. <laughs> and then, and then pretends, pretends to shoot. And the, the class, like, applauds him. Dude, the, cr- <laughs> the class, like, fucking shits themselves laughing. <laughs> He he says, I don't know exactly, but he does. He says, he just, he's like, Sarah Connor, stop, which is not a line from the movie. (laughs) Not funny. And the whole class is like, holy shit, Randy's the king. (laughs) And then, and then the guy's like, I think it's, it's either Timothy or um, Josh Jackson, I forget. But one of them's like, oh, Godfather 2. Okay, fair. That's Timothy. Yeah. Timothy. Yeah. And, and and then fucking Randy comes back with like, the shittiest Brando impression I've ever heard. Dude, this is fucking 97. What are we doing here? Also, keep in mind, this is, this is a class. <laughs> <laughs> but this is a class and the teacher at, at the end of him doing a Godfather impression is like, all right, great talk, guys. Can't wait to pick this up next week. <laughs> <laughs> and also, again, just to remind everyone, uh, their peer has just been murdered. This is, this is what they're doing. <laughs> yes. And somebody has already brought that up. Somebody was like, hey, I knew that girl that got murdered. And now this is what they're ending the class with. And not, on- not only that, but Randy has lived through this once before. And, and this is this is insane. So, so uh, Sydney goes to find Randy, right? Finds Randy. And they start talking, and Randy starts speaking in a British accent. Yes. Which, in the first one, like, Randy's the movie guy. We know that. But he's never done impressions, and he's never he's just never talked in a British accent there. It acted, acted like a fucking idiot, right? And, and I just want to highlight, before this scene, before she gets him, um, Sarah Michelle Gellar is like, what would you do differently in the sequel? He's like, I would, I would make, I'd make the nerd get the girl or whatever. He's oh, yeah. like that. So, you know, just ha- red herrings galore. But yes, this scene, they're walking and he's just talking in a fucking Cockney accent, it, and it's insane. <laughs> I read, I, I like tried to like look up like why he's doing that, and somebody asked him about that a couple years ago, and he was like, I have no clue. I just started doing it. He's like, I thought it'd be something that Randy would do. It's like, hey, hey, Wes, you have a fucking voice. Dude, call cut and be like, the fuck are you doing? Why are you, why are you talking like that? Again, <laughs> Take it back from the beginning. Uh, more more reason why I don't think Wes even gave a fuck about what was happening in this movie. Just, hey, dude, just randomly talking in a British accent is the weirdest fucking move you could pull. You're in a Hollywood fucking movie. Yes. And listen, I've heard people be like, that's part of the character that fits Randy's character. It doesn't. I, I don't believe it does. No. Just because he's a fucking idiot that likes movies doesn't mean he walks around and starts speaking in a British accent. And again, somebody they know just died and it seems to be a copycat of the traumatic events they just went through. <laughs> Hardly the time to start busting out your fucking British accent. <laughs> Uh, and then we're introduced to Jerry O'Connell, uh, you know, of Sliders fame, baby. <laughs> that's that's the movie you're going? That was the show. Wait, or was it a movie and then a show? Oh, I don't know. I, I, think- I mean, th- that's the reference you're going for? <laughs> it was... 
it was on sci-fi. Um, I think it was a, a made-for-TV movie that turned into a show. And yeah, that is the one I'm going for. Oh, or do you, would you rather me say Joe's Apartment? <laughs> <laughs> that one. <laughs> Which I own on I would, VHS. I, I would rather you say it. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Joe's Apartment fucking rocked. <laughs> I love Joe's Apartment. I don't dislike it. I loved it. Um, yeah, no, it was a, it was a show on Fox and then moved to sci-fi channel. Um, hmm. Look at that. Jerry O'Connell was just, and then he did, he did. Oh, he was in stand by me. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I guess. That's yeah, what, I mean, I, I, I thought, that's I thought that was, was the one that you would go for. <laughs> Not, I, I would have gone. Here's, here's my, num, here's my order. Uh, sliders, Joe's apartment, kangaroo Jack. <laughs> <laughs> Piranha 3D. Piranha 3D, I can understand. Jack with uh, fucking Anthony Anderson. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, that's the one. Anyway, he shows up. He's the new love interest. He's Derek. And Randy is, again, jealous and desperate uh, because of this, right? Yes. So, same old, same old for Randy. Bummer. Uh, Gail is back. Um, she's got a new cameraman because his first the first cameraman got his throat slit, which is funny because every time the cameraman's like, "Hey, I don't think this is safe." Because remember that time your cameraman died? She's like, "What are you a fucking idiot?" <laughs> and including after they realize that this guy's literally copying the, the 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 moves of the first one, and he's like, "Listen, this is not safe." And she's like, "You goddamn piece of shit." <laughs> No, I I actually liked this aspect of the movie yeah. that the media in particular is more concerned about you know their numbers and getting they the story are. out than they are about you know people dying you know, exactly. people's lives. I loved it. Um, Aunt Jackie from Roseanne shows up. I I, I don't know her real name. Uh, Meredith? No, uh, Jack. No, Jackie's the fake name. Lori Metcalf, right? <laughs> Lori Metcalf. Yes, yeah, that's her sure. name. Yes. Um, and she's playing the local reporter, Debbie Salt. Now, uh, this will again be, uh, there will be a million holes punched in this, but that's fine. Uh, Debbie Salt, uh, who is obsessed with Gail, um, as a newswoman and trying to scoop her at, at any point in this movie. Um, you got Timothy Oliphant just filming everything for no reason. Um, you got a young Portia de Rossi. Uh, showing up as a sorority girl. Dude, this is like 10 minutes in. All of these people are like showing up being like, hey, remember me? Uh, And she's trying to get Sydney to join her fraternity, I guess just because her mom's dead. (laughs) It appears just because she survived murders, right? Like, uh, yeah, yeah. Not great. Yeah, it's like, uh, you know, an infamous celebrity status for her. Right. And, And it's, you know, we're in Ohio. I guess Randy goes to the same school as Sydney because he wants to fuck, which is a that's a that's a commitment right there. That's a fucking hard commitment by, by Randy. But <laughs> but all right, fine, believable ish. Uh, you got Gail there, believable ish because it's a copycat. But you know she she's a national reporter. She at this she, point. she 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 got there awfully fast. Really fucking fast. Um, which I guess you know national reporter it makes sense. But, like, would you even piece together that this is, like, I don't know, whatever. Anyway, yeah, I guess you would be. Because she's, like, supposed to be, like, a hard cop. Well, it happened It happened at the 
at the movie premiere. Right. And, and if you're like, if you're on hard copy or one of those shows from the nineties, like, yeah, like they would for sure be there. Right. To be like a, mur- a stabbing at stab. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, fair. She's there. Um, but then Dewey shows up and, uh, Nev is like, Oh, what are you doing here? And he's like, I flew in when I heard about, I heard about it. And I'm like, wait, <laughs> heard about what? Like that, that's a stretch, right? Like, cause you're not connecting it to the original murders. Like, right. Like, yeah, not at this point. It's a crowded movie theater, you know, Somebody's, a college town. Yeah. Like, it's not the most you're you're right i didn't even think that hard about it because there's no reason for them to believe there's a copycat matter murder at this just point. because right a murder happened right like dude look at that fucking crowd that's like any rowdy crowd you've ever seen at a fucking show where stabbing happens you you are you're yeah, with that many people in masks and like college age and drinking like the chances of being stabbed are incredibly high <laughs> And probably by, like, your best friend. Like, <laughs> more than likely your best friend. So, shout out shout out to Sharkfin. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just bound to happen at some point. So, it's not like you'd be like, holy shit. Like, but, you know, again, Gail, fine. Everything's fine. But Dewey showing up to be like, oh, God damn it. I flew in as, heard, as soon as I heard about it. What? Um, yeah, it's ridiculous, especially since he lost his sister. Like, it's 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 ridiculous, and the way that he conducts himself too is just not how somebody would react after that. <laughs> the way opinion. he conducts himself is out of control in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, Gail confronts Sydney here and and brings fucking. She's like, "Hey, you want to talk?" And Sydney's like, "No." And then uh, <laughs> Gail's like, "Oh yeah, well I've got a surprise for you," and then brings over cotton. And it's like, we've got the reunion of the century here, <laughs> which is fucking nuts. And then Sydney slaps Gale again. Um, yeah. And for a minute, you think, you know, this guy Cotton's like a good dude because he's like, you didn't. Yeah, because he's like, why didn't you? Yeah, he's like, why would you do that? Like, <laughs> like are you, you fucking that? serious? Like, you just surprised her with this? Like, that's nuts. And you're like, all right, I get Cotton. Yes. Um, also, a weird reference here is um, Randy comments on uh Courtney uh, Gail Weathers um, getting like her nudes leaked on the <laughs> on the internet. Yes, which <laughs> really happened to Courtney. Well, Courtney was like super. Her face was superimposed onto fake bodies. Oh, that's what happened. Yeah, oh. <laughs> she never had a leak. She never had a nude leak in the nineties. Um, I don't know if she had anything afterwards, but um, like, let's just toss this out there. Did you ever look at the fake celeb nudes growing up? Uh, I I can't say that I did. Oh my god, I did all the time. <laughs> and I for sure saw these Courtney Cox ones. It was like, oh yeah, hello. But they were all j- fucking JPEGs, man. We were rocking JPEGs back then. It wasn't like deep fakes. I can't even imagine what the deep fakes look like these days. But it was fucking. <laughs> it was just like these shitty fucking photoshop jpegs but it went around as if they were real which was even more wild for the for the 90s 97 crazy fucking weird time like people were photoshopping your face onto other people's bodies and it was somehow news like <laughs> since the inception of the internet it's just been used for fucking nonsense <laughs> pornography and nonsense like 
that's the summation of the internet. Like, dude, like, <laughs> what? And why would, why was that a bit, like, that's so crazy. Like, if you ever saw them growing up, they don't look real. Even, dude, I was a fucking idiot kid wishing they were real. And I was like, these are the most fake things I've ever seen in my life. Like, this is insane. Like, this is fucking out of control. Like, like but whatever. Um, the fact that I found out that this was, like, newsworthy. Like, people were like, wait, are these fucking real? <laughs> like, is insane. Also just goes to show you that all the people at the news, like, papers were just fucking perverts, right? <laughs> right. Like, one of the guys at the newspaper had to be like, so I saw this fucking thing. <laughs> I saw this thing on the internet. It might be real. I don't know. <laughs> um. So, we got beef with Cotton... Gail and the uh, cameraman Joel about the ethics of. Oh, you, you, did, you didn't mention because um, you mentioned Portia. Uh, Rebecca Gayhart is is in it too. Young Rebecca Gayhart. Who is Rebecca Gay? Oh, oh, wait. But I mean, I mean, who is Rebecca Gayhart in terms of life? I don't know. In oh, she's of, an urban oh. legend. Okay, she is. She's okay. in the Heavy D music video. Which, I mean, nobody knows. <laughs> yeah, that that's the one I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> she's in uh, Jawbreaker. Yeah, and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood too. And she was in Nine Hundred Two and I think in that. Okay, point. yeah, yeah. Okay, I get it. I get this girl now. Okay, because I kept seeing. The- oh, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at an older pic. Okay, got it. Okay, yeah. So Rebecca Gayhart's in this too, and like again, like they just it's it's so crazy. Like who they were able to like snag up for these like supporting roles, you know? Yeah. And Portia obviously goes on to like success after this. Arrested development, yep. Um Gail and Dewey, we learn how to falling out after the first one. Um also Dewey's hand is um like <laughs> paralyzed. <laughs> um and he's yes. also uh, and by the way, David Arquette in this movie, let's let's just hash this out real quick. So he's got this paralyzed hand that's like at his side, like Bob Dole style, right? Yes. Kind of ish. Yeah. Um, yes. But he's also like walking with a limp, which <laughs> is explained later in the movie. But I genuinely feel, again, this is just based on, you know, context clues here, right? Like this thing was so sloppily written and sloppily done and quickly done. I genuinely feel like David Arquette is one of those people that can't rub his belly and tap his head at the same time. And I feel like uh, the limp's part because he was keeping his hand up. I think the limp, he was holding his hand up and then just started limping. And then finally somebody was like, hey, is that guy supposed to be limping like halfway through the movie? And then they were like, fuck, we have to write in an explanation for this now. Because later, somebody is randomly like, hey, Dewey, why do you limp? And he's like, fucking nerve damage, you idiot. And, like, that's the end of that. That's the end of that conversation. It just doesn't make sense. It just doesn't add up. It doesn't add up. I mean, maybe he just had a limp. I don't know what was going on. But um, he's also memorized every shitty thing Gail has wrote about him in her book. Naming the pages that that it was written on, which I lo- I love that detail. Uh, I do too because I would be the same fucking way. Me too. <laughs> I'd be <laughs> coming. Too. I'd be coming at you, baby. <laughs> Don't you show up here talking all sweet? Because I know on page four eighty you call me a bumbling idiot, <laughs> and she's like, "That was just for the book, <laughs> like, mm, Gail." 
Um, while that's happening, the sorority decides to have their biggest party. Um, but another sorority is not. And we see Cece, who is uh, Sarah Michelle Geller, who gets the first call of the movie. Um, she's also the first human being to put Ghostface on hold, <laughs> which is <laughs> fucking baller. Uh, she's just like, hey, hang on one second, you fucking idiot. <laughs> like, goes back and talks to her friend. <laughs> and then, like, comes back and is like, all right, I'm ready. I'm ready to chat with you. <laughs> um, go And Sarah, again, another one, will start Buffy later in 1997. Yes. And she's coming off of I Know What You Did Last Summer. So, like, an up-and-comer, man. Like, they're just snagging people for this. Um. And this one's weird, too, because she's talking to Ghostface, and we see Ghostface, like, skipping around in the background, which which seemed weird. Which seemed weird. Dude, Ghostface in this scene, like, when, when you know, in two seconds from now, when, when he makes himself known, he's acting like the scary movie Ghostface. Dude. He's just tripping over shit. They're fucking falling over the, the, the recliner. Like, this motherfucker's silly you, as fuck. How do you run into that? <laughs> this motherfucker's silly. Dude, because... Uh, you think she's going to get got right here, but then her roommate shows up and decides to leave. And she's like, don't forget to set the alarm. And while that's happening, you see Ghostface in the background, like literally like scampering around, like the least threatening person I've ever seen in my life. Um, but he chases Cece up what appears to be 10 flights of stairs in this fucking house. Um, <laughs> he throws her through the balcony window, stabs her, three times and then throws her off the roof. Yes. I love it. I'm cool with that. That was cool. Splattered. Splattered. Brutal. Love it. Um, yes. This interrupts. Ever clear. Yeah. <laughs> I will buy you a new car. <laughs> that, that is the song they should have used. <laughs> Didn't it just, or a song about his dad. <laughs> Isn't that every song? <laughs> Crying about his dad. Uh, I don't know. Tune into the fucking Patreon episode to find out. Um, the other sorority party is interrupted by this because the news of the tragic incident has hit the sorority house and the news vans are there and the sirens are there and everything's there. Um, so they're about to leave this party and then the phone rings at a sorority house. Sydney does not live there. Um, and Sid- Sydney's like... Oh. I have oh. to answer this fucking phone call. <laughs> That's idiotic. It, completely <laughs> idiotic. But I just want to point out, at, at this sorority, right before that happens, uh, our boy Matthew Lillard makes a cameo. Did you see that? He does. I did not notice it, but I did read about it. Uh, he 35, is, 35 minutes, 35 seconds in. You see him for a split second in the background. He was dating Nev Campbell at this point. I did not know that. Some guys have all the luck, huh? Good for him. But yeah, what's uh, more idiotic, Nev answering that phone call or how pumped Rebecca Gayhart is that the cops are at another sorority house? Uh, that was like I've, the weirdest I've, shit. <laughs> I've never seen anyone more excited about anything. <laughs> that was the weirdest fucking concept uh, of of this fucking movie. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's all fucking weird. But Nev, ne- dude, the phone's ringing and Jerry O'Connell is like, we got to go. And she's like, uh, and she's like standing there deciding whether to leave, which yes, or to answer the phone at a house that is not hers. 
and she does not have to pick up. <laughs> but she does, and then cue Ghostface attacking her, and lock the Ghostface locks Derek out. Um, they have a massive chase. Derek eventually gets in, tries to be the hero. He gets stabbed, um, and Dewey shows up to try and help, only to find Portia and Rebecca Gayhart there. Um, just, just standing there being like, what's going on? <laughs> Which again, weird addition. Now, again, like they're trying to like copy, like they're, they're really trying to ride the heels of scream. Right. And you're trying to set up here that maybe Derek is the killer dude. Like she saw the killer and Derek standing outside. Right. And like, she's doing the same thing she did to Billy, which made more sense in that movie where she's like, I don't know if I trust you, but she's doing that to Derek. Who Like why, why, why wouldn't you trust Derek at this point? Like Derek was like, can we please fucking leave? And you were like, I need to answer the fucking phone. <laughs> like there's no, you know what I mean? Like there's no second killer here that, to, you know, like it, it seems odd. And, and the rest of the movie, Derek is kind of tried to like be crammed into this Billy role. Yeah, Derek's a super red herring. We're as is yeah. They're trying to make everybody, and where Sid is like, I don't know if we should be together. Or I should try. Like, dude, we've seen this with Billy, and Derek is not even close to hitting like the Billy level of like creepy, but also there for you. You know what I mean? Like, it's not there. It's not He's fucking not. there. Yes, yes. Um. Anyway, uh. So, uh. Finger pointing everywhere in this movie, unlike the first one. So you got Dewey being like, Derek, you're the one to blame. And Derek being like, oh, yeah, Dewey? Well, where were you? And Dewey was like, every time somebody confronts Dewey about maybe being the murderer, he's like, well played. <laughs> well, dude, our, our buddy, uh, that classic material, made a comment on my, my post last week. And he said that he is convinced that Dewey is the third killer and has been the whole time. Um, and you know what? I like it. I like it too. Um, it would piss me off. <laughs> <laughs> Waste my fucking time for fucking two decades. Uh, but yeah, sure. <laughs> sure. Fine. I'm fine with it. <laughs> I mean, Dewey just like sucks. Like Dewey, like, I mean, Dewey's a bad police officer, period. And like, and I know that's the gimmick, right? He is like a bad police officer. But as we get into these later movies, he he's like trying to be more of a, a stand up guy, and he just like, he's just like, oh, all right, fair enough, fair enough. And I love it because like Dewey in like this last movie, this fifth one, based on the trailers and images I've seen, like Dewey's like a gritty like Batman esque ex cop, <laughs> which is the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. I, I genuinely think, here's here's my thought on five real quick. I think Dewey will be um, avenged for all of the bullshit he's been put through in, in these movies in the fifth. I don't think he'll be the killer. I think he'll be, I think he will, like, I think he'll finally prove himself to be, like, not a, just an idiot. Not a fucking idiot, bumbling idiot. Okay. Um, I mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. Grizzled Batman, dude, dude, he is. Like, I, have you seen the trailer? I know you don't watch a lot of trailers, so I, I, I saw, I saw it. Yeah, well, hey, dude, he's it he's like, I'm gonna fucking catch this motherfucker, and he's got like a fucking gun in a hollowed out book. 
<laughs> Dewey can barely like do basic math in these two movies. <laughs> like, and now he's like fucking like true grit. John, like, John Wick, yeah. <laughs> living out in the fucking woods. Oh, and he like never, that's the other part about it. I, he never like talks about his fucking dead sister ever in these movies. I, I know, I know. I I was like, that was really apparent on this one. Yeah, because that, like that should be like the main. Yes, like he's out for revenge. Like even in Texas Chainsaw Two, Dennis Hopper, his his niece and nephew were Franklin, you know, and Sally right. like from the first one. Right. So he he drives out there to kill these guys. Like, and that and that movie is batshit insane. But they at least they had the the foresight to like give that guy that motivation. Exactly. Dewey never brings it up once. Never. Like that, if he was like, I heard that there's been another killer and I'm going to murder them because this happened to my sister. I I would right. be fine with it. Right. Exactly. But he never talks about it. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And we talked about it last week where I brought it up. I was like, that's weird that he doesn't talk about it. But at the, again, it's the end of the movie. He doesn't really have time. They don't have time to throw that in there and have him like like mourn his sister. That's fine. But in the second movie, like this should be like a pretty fucking big plot point for him as his sister was fucking brutally murdered. Maybe the most brutal murder murder in the movie, right? Like fucking fucking insane. Um and in this one, not even referenced. And I I do think again, they'll write that wrong in the fifth one, because I do think the writing is a little rough in these. I think in the fifth one, he will be like, I think he'll acknowledge uh, Tatum more in the in the fifth one. It'd be like, my fucking sister. You know what I mean? Because he's grizzled yeah. vet Dewey. <laughs> like, like he, they've killed everyone Dewey knows and loves. So, like, you know. <laughs> All right. So, anyway. So, uh, finger pointing, blah, blah. Gail figures out a pattern of the killer, though. And she's like, look it. They, he's, they're killing na- the people with similar names from Woodsboro. I'm like, oh my god, we've got a copycat killer. So that's that. <laughs> <laughs> you have more scenes of accusations. You got Aunt Jackie accusing people, Oliphant accusing people. And then we get our the beloved song. Now, this is something you even held off talking about in our bonus episode. <laughs> he said it was one of the worst things you've ever seen. This is <laughs> one of my least favorite things I've ever seen in a movie period, in a movie period, like is the cringiest scene. So Jerry O'Connell sings the Partridge family. I think I love you in the college dorm, like in the, in the cafeteria, a packed cafeteria. And he's doing it like, like Heath Ledger does, you know, yes. Uh, in 10 things I hate about you. Yes. But it's this fucking, like at least the song Heath sings is fucking, <laughs> the Partridge Family song, and he—it sucks. It's everything about it is cringy, and even cringier is the entire school standing up and like clapping and cheer. I would have taken a salt or pepper shaker and thrown it Yo. as hard as I could at this guy's face Yo. immediately. If you, me, or Paul were there, there's at minimum, at minimum, a fucking shoe going into this guy's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> Not one of ours. Somebody else's that we were trying to fucking trying to fucking eat your lunch and having to listen to that. Are you kidding me? And it goes on for so fucking long. It's the entire song. (laughs) Why is that happening? (laughs) And fucking Nev is like, and by the way, Nev at this point is already like kind of trying to break up with him. That's that's the vibe I got. I thought she had already tried to break up with him. 
And he's just like, well, Sid, <laughs> I think I love you. And you're like, oh, <laughs> what the fuck? This is insane. Um, And he sings the whole fucking thing. He's dancing on tables and he should have been fucking tased. Should have been escorted out. Yeah, should, should have been tased and escorted out. <laughs> uh. <laughs> Fucking bizarre. Um, now, the best part of the movie is right now where we get um, the clips of Stab where we see Luke Wilson as Billy and Tori Spelling as Sydney. I fucking love that, right? Yes. And because and, and, in the first one, she makes that comment. Like, yeah. going my luck, I'd probably be played by Tori Spelling. Exactly. That's, that's a good call. Which is a great nod to the original. And here, here's my problem with this, though. Tori Spelling got a Razzie for this performance this year. Really? Honestly, Joe, I love the Razzies. That honestly pissed me off more than anything I've ever read in my life. I mean, it's a movie in a movie. Dude, it's a movie. Dude, like, they were probably like, hey, can you try to, like, act like a horror actress? You know what I mean? Like, like, you're playing, like, it's like. It's so yeah, tongue in cheek. Ham it up, over over exemplify it. And she doesn't even. That, she just plays it fine. She repeats the same lines as in Scream. How do you? There's so nothing. Many- there, there's nothing Razzy war Razzy worthy about that. That honestly, Joe. That honestly pissed me off. Like I, I can't even tell you. Like it actually upset me, I, because like the Razzies are like. There's like an element to the Razzies of like you can't like if you pick the worst movie, it would be all the fucking made for TV movies, right? It wouldn't be fucking Geely. Geely wouldn't sweep the Razzies because there were definitely worse movies made. But it's like an upper tier. You know what I mean? Like when you go for it. Yeah, right. Tori Spelling is like a fucking. She's in it for three seconds. (laughs) (laughs) Repeating the lines from the first movie. Like, how can you give her a fucking Razzie for that? I agree. That is not Razzie. That is upsetting. That is upsetting. And it was like a Razzie for like actress. Like, I don't know. That that's fucking pisses me off. That honestly Idiotic. makes me so fucking, it honestly makes me hate the Razzies, which I always love. Um, but anyway. Meanwhile, Dewey and Randy go over the sequel rules and who the killer might be. And again, Randy's like, well, Dewey, maybe it's you. And Dewey's like, well, let's stop talking about this. <laughs> it's like <laughs> the shittiest red herring I've ever seen. <laughs> Oh boy! And then we cut to Sydney, who is now the lead actress in some play. Okay, okay. So for this is what what I'm talking about in the beginning about how this is two hours long. We don't need to watch Jerry O'Connell sing "I Think I Love You." It it does nothing for the story. It pushes nothing forward. It pushes. It doesn't help the relationship. No, it's stupid. It's a fucking waste of time. And then to follow it up, fine, fine. The scene that we just talked about, while where they have the clips on. Not super important, but if you want to put that in there, I'm fine with it. And then to follow it up with the Fall of Troy play that Nev is in, cut that out. Why? What? <laughs> the only thing it sets up. The only no, <laughs> no, no. If if it, if it did, I'm sure someone would be like, "Well, they mentioned it was fine. It's not a plot point. It wasn't enough for anybody." To fucking know about or care about. And all it does is set up the the setting for the finale, which you could have just fucking done. Because in that finale, he's drunk and tied to it anyway. So it could have happened yeah, regardless. for sure. Now, dude. <laughs> imagine, imagine that you live through the death of your mother. 
at the hands of your former, your ex-boyfriend, who then also stalked you and then murdered all your friends, right? And then, and then you, you again, you find out that he's the one that murdered your mom and somebody has been locked up for it. You, this is the most traumatic shit that anybody has ever gone through. And now it's happening again. It's happening again. You're going to go star in a fucking play? Are you kidding? What? What? A play where it's like the most stabby play of all time. <laughs> Everybody surrounding you is just lunging at you with a knife. And then, like, regardless, even if you're in your know, fiddler on the fucking roof, it wouldn't matter. Why would you go to that on this day? Why wouldn't you just go home? Go home. Go to your. Yeah, that, that is a great point. They're in college, there's nothing preventing them. For just be like, I'm fucking out of here. Like, if I if this happened to me and I was at college and it started happening again, I would leave. The killer would have to give up their entire planet and follow you back to your hometown. <laughs> just fucking leave. Going into that play <laughs> that, that nobody knows they're in. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> All to set up Aunt Jackie getting <laughs> smothered by styrofoam <laughs> bricks <laughs> at the end of the movie. <laughs> Which again oh could have just happened. The, the building exists. They could have, you nothing could, would have changed. You could shoot any one of the other scenes in the theater and be like, "Randy's a stagehand in the fucking theater." <laughs> yeah, yeah. The entire sequel conversation could have happened in the fucking theater and right. between multiple stagehands, right? Because like they're fucking you know dorks that that love theater and movies, you know. Oh my god, that's fucking funny as fuck. <laughs> I'm actually crying about that. <laughs> fucking rant. Uh, yeah, good old Nev. Well, she's she's the lead of the play, baby. Um, and anyway, so she's doing this. Uh, I don't. Even, this is like a rehearsal, right? Like, yeah, it's not even the play. Yeah, yeah, it's a rehearsal. A- and um, everyone's pretending to stab her, and then Ghostface shows up in her robe. <laughs> Which causes Nev to freak out, but never once does she just jump off the fucking stage, which, you know, would be what any human being would do. Um, Did Ghostface actually show up? Because I know she was, like, hallucinating. Like, she thought the guy was Ghostface. Oh, well, I I don't know. I guess she never hallucinates later in the movie, so I just assume Ghostface showed up. Yeah, but like the scene where she finally comes through, she's like she's like screaming. It's just a guy in his regular costume, but oh. she sees him as a ghost face right right before. Yeah, it sounds like she should probably take a break from college for a little bit then. She should she should be, you know, with protective people. Like like people watching her, you yeah. know. She's a prime which, you know, candidate to be the next victim. You know, that that does happen. That does happen. So Wes Wes has sought you out. Anyway, I mean, not well. Anyway, Derek, Derek and Sid end up breaking up again, which I thought already happened, but it doesn't. Uh, after the performance, Sid has like a breakdown. <laughs> and Derek is like, wait, are you breaking up with me? And she's like, yes. And he's like, I guess I'm supposed to be D- understanding. <laughs> what? <laughs> kind of a loser. And he gave her, gave her, her um, his, his fraternity letters. Wait, what? Bracelet, which the, the fraternity letters, he gives that to her as a gift. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. Well, when he sings that song, it comes into play because she uses it as a weapon. That's the only reason I bring it up. 
I like, literally don't. I did not know that happened. I had no idea. Yeah, he, that dude, what he gave it to her and Nev's Campbell uh, and Nev Campbell and Sydney's roommate is like, oh my god, he's not allowed to do that. Like, the fraternity is gonna kill him. <laughs> Which I mean, that is weird because the fraternity. Oh wait, oh yeah, because he's like a pledge, right? Right. That's why he's getting hazed. Okay. I'm not going to dig into this. It's fucking ridiculous, but like, come on. Kevin Williamson, the king of fucking teen movies. Get a grip, buddy. Like, this is fucking ridiculous. <laughs> he knows teens. Um. Well, Randy, Dewey, and Gail kind of all converge on the green to discuss what's happening. We got the, those are our remaining Woodsboro people outside of Nev. And they get a call from Ghostface on their cell phone. While they're hanging out in the quad. Uh, Randy takes the call while the other two are like, we're going to go find him. We're going to go look for people with cell phones. <laughs> As if he couldn't be in a tower. Um, so they go to look for Ghostface while Randy delays him on the phone. Um, And I actually liked this moment in this scene, right? Uh, I actually thought yeah. this was fucking great. Because it's the first time Randy gets to talk to the killer, right? And... And, like, talk movies with the killer. And I was like, I like that. Right? Like, that's yeah. kind of cool. For Randy to be like, what's your fucking favorite scary movie, dickhead? <laughs> and, like, you know what I mean? And, like, Randy being like, oh, is it? And he starts listing off every college-themed. Every college-themed one, yeah. I love it. Yeah. I fucking love it. And he's like, is it this? Is it this? I love that, right? And yeah, I love that, and I love that he the whole time he's like, "You aren't shit compared to Billy and Stu, your original." And yeah, I love that, dude. I loved it too. What I don't love is Randy getting pulled into a news van and fucking, and fucking killed. Boombox, fucking oh the boombox, <laughs> boombox drowning out. <laughs> Nineteen ninety-seven, boombox drowning out the noise. <laughs> that is, dude, killing off Randy is probably the biggest mistake a franchise has ever made i agree because three and four severely lack him how uh, this is a movie now again based on the idea of like horror movie lore right you need somebody there that gives a fuck about it and you bring you bring timothy oliphant into this one to immediately kill but he's like supposed to rival, you know, the other people that know about movies because Nev doesn't give a fuck. Dewey doesn't give a fuck. And Gail doesn't give a fuck about horror movies. Right. Right. Randy's the only one tying that original concept of like, oh, it's the sequel. Oh, it's the trilogy. You know what I mean? Like, he's the only one there that can be like, this happens in these movies. And you yes. fucking kill him off. Like, I'd rather have you kill off Dewey. Okay, I agree. I agree. Killing off Randy, Randy makes no fucking sense. Randy should have been uh, one of the last. And I and and to me, like uh, you know, Wes Craven, you know, he's he's great. But like to me, this should have been something he should have been like. No, we're not doing. You know, like you you know you're gonna make eighteen of these. Like <laughs> you know you know, uh, he, killing off Randy is just such a fucking waste. Such a fucking waste. And to kill him off in this sense, like, just a random kill in the middle of the fucking movie. Like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. And you don't even give him, uh, you know, 
justice, like and not not justice in like avenging his death, but a character like Randy that loves horror, he should have had a gory, gory end. And you don't even see it. He just gets pulled into a van. Dude, yeah, or like some homage to some fucking like fucking it's actually crazy. It's it, it's it's wild that that happened and and not in a good way. It's not in the way that they thought that it was going to be. Like <laughs> yeah. Uh that that was brutal. Um Johnny Muir who uh, author author of West Craven's The Art of Horror called the character's death the most devata- devastating moment of the sequel and a bad call. Um, Mira criticized all the new characters in Scream 2, believing they never a- attained the same depth of the cast of Scream because of Scream 2's focus on increasing the body count, which I still disagree with. <laughs> like, they didn't. They added two more people, which was super fucking easy. They- two more and... and sh- too few and far between. Yeah. And, and saying that the film's killer could literally be anyone as the audience is never provided with enough information about the new characters to form an opinion about them. That That's kind of true, but not in a good way, right? Like, it's not like it could be anyone because, you know, we know them all and they all have reasons to kill. It's just anyone because, like, who the fuck cares? <laughs> um, Ebert also comments upon this saying there is no way to guess who's doing the killing and everyone who seems suspicious is almost sure to be innocent. <laughs> um, so it, it, it wasn't great. And this fucking, this fucking kill just sucks. It just sucks. Like it, re, yeah. bring Andy back, re, bring Randy back, baby. Yeah. Which is funny because they constantly murder Dewey and bring him back at the end of every movie. <laughs> I know, I know. They they have the means to to have him survive it, which he does in the first one. Right, right. It's fucking ridiculous. Anyway, we go to the library. Sydney's at a computer. It gets hacked. Um, the cops that are now following Sydney freak out, and she's approached by Cotton Weary in this scene. In the creepiest, he was being the creepiest fuck ever, trying to pitch a Diane Sawyer interview, which will come into play later in the worst ending. Maybe the worst way. (laughs) Um, And Cotton just blames the entire thing on Sydney, which seems weird because, like, I doubt Sydney's Sydney was not there at the murder. So, what would Sydney's testimony? Why would Sydney's testimony put him in jail? Sure, Sure. that that's the one thing I kept thinking about. They kept being like, "Oh man!" Like, even not even Cotton. Like other people are like, "Man, Sydney put him away, bro." And you're like, wait, what? what? It's not like she planted evidence or lied, you know? Right. Like, she, anything she said was probably truthful, which was that her mom might have had an affair with Cotton Weird. There's no way she could have fingered him, like, the yeah. in a lineup. Like, she wasn't there. So, <laughs> I don't know how Sydney put him in jail. And constantly, like, even Gail's like, hey, how does it feel to put this man in jail and he's free? <laughs> wait, what? And he, he even feels the same way, and he feels that she owes her something, which that would be a fine plot point, but the way he does it is nuts. And he's 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 fucking evil in this scene, like right? Like it's abusive. He is. And like you said, like you said before, he seems like a good guy when he's like, Why wouldn't you like give her a heads up yeah. from here? Which hey, hey Cotton, uh, why like you corner her when she doesn't know that you're there <laughs> like I'll, like do this interview, I'll fucking kill you. <laughs> It's like totally off base from what we know about Cotton and what we will see in the future with Cotton sort of ish. It's, it's all (laughs) bizarre. (laughs) It's all so bizarre the way they frame Cotton in this movie. And 
this it like again they're trying to emulate the first one and but it doesn't work with cotton like you need to like lighten cotton up like no one in the first one was so obviously violent and mean that you were like that's the you don't need to do that to make them look right. like a potential killer yeah, I mean, Cotton grabs her forcefully here. And then she, when she finally breaks free, he follows her into a library being like, I'll fucking kill you. And the cops, <laughs> cops slam him into the wall. And, and, and then cut to the police station and he's just being like, uh, newsflash, buddies, I'm innocent. Like, okay, okay. He's still fucking grabbed, grabbed someone in front of everyone and started like threatening to, to beat them. Which, which, again, another scene that doesn't need to happen and wastes about 10 minutes of the movie of Cotton being arrested. Cotton in a police station? Yes. Yeah. Dude, it's fucking absurd because like all you had to do was make Cotton like like they do for everyone else in the movies, just like look around weirdly and be like, burr, burr, burr. like <laughs> okay, that's enough. We get it. Cotton might be the guy. Like, Or they, dude, they could have just cut that scene right they, they could have had the, the cops slam him against the wall and then that scene's gone and then in like a throwaway line gal could have been like oh by the way cotton was cleared like you know they released him absolutely then you know he's back out you don't have to watch them <laughs> fucking talk to each- they're not even interrogating dude the interrogation like- is so fucking long and they're like all right cotton just fess up and cotton's like didn't you know i'm free and they're like oh <laughs> fuck and yeah, that's walking out. Dude, that, that, that's pretty much it. Except, except for some reason, that that like gets repeated four or five more times. Yes, it's like seven maybe you times. need a, maybe you need a dictionary. Look up the word innocent. <laughs> yeah, well, what about this? Yeah, no, that's the same fucking trial, buddy. How about this? Oh yeah, well, how about a uh, poor fucking Sydney? Oh, I don't know Sydney. Ah. Oh. All right. Well, free to go then. <laughs> and cotton, cotton's free, and it was a waste of our time. Uh, and like all, really, cotton had to do was ever once was just like grab Sydney's wrist and be like, "Don't talk to me like that." Or you know what I mean? Like all you had to do was like, "I need this." You know, like it, it wasn't hard to write cotton. Cotton's already a suspect from the first movie, right? Like, right. you don't, he, he actually could have done nothing in this movie and you'd still be like, um, maybe. You've just been like cotton weary. Maybe it's hey, cotton. That's it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> like, cotton's just a suspect, period. Uh, yes. Fucking insane. So, cottons are released, everyone freaking out. Joel, the cameraman's like, I've had a fucking enough quits. Um, and Gail. You know, sees the error in her ways. She throws down the camera because Dewey's like, Dewey comes out and she's like, What's the scoop? And Dewey's like, Fuck you. I want to solve this. And Gail's like, Well, so do I. And Dewey's like, God damn it. I fucking, I fucking love you. So Gail and Dewey are now together. They go uh, examine because Gail, like Joel quits. He leaves the footage there. He's like, this is just crowd shots. Gail and Dewey are like, hey, why wouldn't the killer want to see, you know, the results of his murder? He's probably in the crowd. Let's review this footage. So they do. And then they decide to fuck the shit out of each other (laughs) in the classroom when suddenly the man in the projection booth somehow turns on a VHS <laughs> Dude. <laughs> t- television. 
at the bottom of the stage. Because that's how projection rooms work. (laughs) But that's fine. So, like, you know, like, anyone, like, listen, we got a lot of great messages that were like, I thought you were going to make fun of Scream. I'm so glad you guys liked it. Blah, blah, blah. We love you guys. Scream 2, I know, has a huge fan base. And we love you guys. But, like, if you're going to defend it, like, this is a moment... And I get it. Like, sometimes we'll pick apart something that, like, was explained and we didn't pick up on it. This, there's no reason for this. Why is Ghostface in the projection room behind a projector and he somehow turns on a TV and a VHS from, from up there? <laughs> That's fucking ridiculous. That's fucking dumb. Um, and basically immediately gives away and i mean it is the end but like immediately gives away who it is because there's only one dickhead who has been carrying around a camcorder this entire time Mm, and that's and that's uh you know our boy uh timothy old justified baby timothy oliphant yeah so he turned you know i guess i guess i guess to put logic to it because there is two of them right yeah so one of them could have turned the one down on the bottom sure Uh, okay Sure. We can give we can give the credit. Right. It's still stupid, oh. and and to, to have to have Gail be like, "That's not my footage," and then <laughs> and then have the footage of them making out like right now <laughs> while it's happening. Yeah, <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean, and also you're in the projection room. You might as well just put it on like the big screen. Like that's <laughs> that's clearly there. Sure. Yeah, yes. Use what it's there for. Use <laughs> a million things. Anyway, um, so Ghostface is here. He's got him. Um, Dewey, there's some chases. Dewey falls down the stairs, leaving Gail to fend for herself. Um, they're running in and around the theater and the studio and the the like sound stage where it's like soundproof. Uh, where we ultimately see Dewey, Dewey, what we assume is killed. He is stabbed uh, multiple times by Ghostface here. Yes. Go, Gail's locked in the sound room, though, but Ghostface disappears. So um, we don't really know what happens there. Meanwhile, Derek is getting pulled into the most insane fraternity hazing I've like ever fucking seen. <laughs> they basically crucified him on a fucking thing, and they're pouring beer down his on his fucking dick, and he's just like, oh, it's so cold. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, by the way, wait. I forgot all this happens after Dewey's been stabbed like four times. <laughs> Dude, Dewey's dead. Like, what are we talking about? How do we bring Dewey to life at the end of this fucking movie? Dude, like, so much happens after this. This is insane. This is insane. This is fucking yeah, nuts. He, sh- he should have bled out. Dude, stabbed like six times in the back. <laughs> fucking already suffering like a spinal cord injury, like a nerve injury. Anyway, um... So we cut to that to um, uh, Nev. Wait, I'm sorry. Where where the fuck are we? Oh, so we go to Nev, who is in a car with her friend Hallie um, and two cops that are escorting them to basically a safe house, right? They They go to a stoplight. Ghostface shows up. Fucking kills one of the cops, brutally maims the other one. Um, Ghostface gets in the car, runs over the one living cop, and then crashes the car, 
<laughs> into uh, just a mess that causes a pole to go through that cop's fucking f- brain. Yes. F- that is fucking gruesome. That was that was nuts. That was an insane. That's probably story. my favorite kill in the movie. Oh, for sure. I mean, it's nuts. The guy's like still twitching and moving after it happens. It's f- absolutely brutal. Yeah. But Ghostface is knocked out in the front seat. And you get a really great moment here of Sid trying to escape. By yeah, and the, the only way to do it is to climb to the front and go out the same the the driver's side window right. over Ghostface, crawling over Ghostface for sure. Like that's a fucking Great terrifying scene. moment. Great scene. Yeah, absolutely, man. And, and her roommates in the, her roommates in the back, and they try to get her out. You know, the normal way, opening the door doesn't work. So then she has to do it too. So you're like, you know, as a viewer, you're like, there's no way it's going to happen twice. Right. And it does. It, it, it's really well done. They run down the street. And then Sydney's like, I have to see who it is, which, you know, I guess I understand that. You should have fucking pulled that shit off as you, you ran away. Should have done it immediately. And also, you should have just stabbed him right in the throat with anything. I mean, he has a knife on him, right? <laughs> right. Like, just fucking stab him. Make sure that he's not going to wake up. But um, she's like, I have to go see him. They argue back and forth. Keep in mind, they're only like 10 feet away from the car, right? Yes. So she turns around and she walks back to the car and uh, Ghostface is not in it anymore, which honestly fucking pissed me off because there's no way they wouldn't have noticed that even if they were like engaged in that conversation and not looking at each other, you would have at least heard that bumbling idiot call or open the door or climb out like anything, right? anything. Yeah. And why would he go? Dude, he, he would have walked around the block to come out where he came out. Right. And she's like, he's not there. He would have had to do that so fast. And also like, how does he even know where, where they are? You know, like know the area and know where to come out. It's fucking, that seems stupid. It was not great. It, it like started off such like a strong moment and then ends in just like the shittiest way. And ultimately yeah. and that's the tale of this movie It's great stuff. Right. Followed up by stupid stuff. Right. And, and Ghostface kills Hallie and Sid runs away. Now they've been driving in that car for a, a little while here. So it's not like they're like right next to campus, but somehow Sydney immediately is back in the fucking theater. (laughs) She finds Derek who's been tied up, crucified and releases him. And then the killer reveals himself very quickly. (laughs) (laughs) And it's Timothy Oliphant. Yes. And he claims that his partner is Derek. And he's like, uh, we fucked up, buddy. You know, like playing that. And Derek's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Like, why are you saying that? Sydney's having Sydney's having basically a flashback of the first movie, right? Where to find out not it not only was it your boyfriend, but it was like this guy that you hung out with too. Um, but like slightly reversed. So it's it's a good moment there. Um <laughs> but then Timothy shoots Derek. <laughs> Immediately killing him. Uh, and Sydney's immediately sad about this, which I'd be like, nah, that motherfucker deserved to die. Um, then you get another giant monologue um, before they... F- I do I do like <clears throat> like what, what Timothy's saying here about how... Because she, cause she... Neb 2 is like, you're a, uh, a knockoff of, of yeah. Billy. Yeah. And he's like, no, no, I'm not. And he, he said, Billy didn't want to get caught. I want to get caught. I want to, like, blame it on the movies. And he's like, uh, he named people, like Bob Dole, who, like, come to my defense. And he's like, I, I, this is what I live for. Which is 
fucking psychotic. And I think Cindy says that in those exact words, like you're, you're psychotic. And he's like, yeah, I am. And at this point he's playing it, you know, like Timothy Oliphant's character does. It isn't until we receive the next killer that Timothy decides to go full Matthew Lillard. And it's so fucking annoying. In the most bizarre fashion I've ever seen. Because <laughs> no one can do that. No one can do Matt Lillard. Like, that was just his moment. That was him being fucking weird. And as we talked about last week, Matt Lillard was like, I don't know why I was behaving like that. <laughs> like, yeah. And all, but he at least does it the entire movie. Right. Even before you know he's a killer. Right. He's acting like that. Right. So, like, it's consistent. Now, well, I'll wait because in this scene, he's like, "There's a different, there's a a part, there is a partner, and in comes Laurie Metcalf, right? Laurie Metcalf, who now has Gale Weathers, uh, dead to rights, uh, tied up with a gun to her, um, and yeah, and it's and Gale and and she is, she she is Debbie Salt is actually Mrs. Loomis." Now, that, in theory, I'm fine with. What I'm not fine with is that this woman has been around campus this entire fucking time, running around. She's at every crime scene Nev's at. Nev has for sure seen this woman. And Nev's like, Nev's the one that tells us that it's Mrs. Loomis. Yeah, yeah. She recognizes her immediately. Fucking the dumbest shit I've ever... And, by the way, Gail Weathers wrote a fucking book about this entire town and the fucking murders that happened. How does she not know that this is fucking Mrs. Loomis? And I think she... Well, she, she, she says something and she's she like, well... Bad. Yeah, yeah. She's like a little bit of work and, you know, getting in shape. Blah, blah, That's blah. fucking ridiculous. That's fucking absurd, <laughs> Joe. That's you would still know. I know. You you would still know. <laughs> Nev knew. Nev, Nev, Nev hasn't seen this woman. <laughs> this, this is yeah. This is Nev's first time seeing her since the events of like you know the same time as Gail. The last film and Gail's like <laughs> blah, 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 what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What are we talking about? This is fucking yeah. ridiculous. This is fucking insane. This honestly pissed me off more than anything. Would you do Nev? Dude, no, as soon as no, she sees that, her, I mean that that did piss me off. But what pisses me off more is Nev says Mrs. Loomis, right? So we know, like yeah. anybody watching the movie knows it's Billy's mom. Then we have to listen to Timothy Oliphant do the biggest Lillard impression, be like Billy's mom. <laughs> We know, we know, Timothy. She just fucking announced it. <laughs> Everything from here to the end, honestly, upsets me. Um, <laughs> including that they met on a psycho dating website. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, oh, it's so rare to find a serial killer on it. What the fuck? <laughs> the fuck are we talking about? What are we fucking doing? Uh, what? Who is writing this? Fucking Wes and. Fucking jerk job, John. Fucking whatever his name is, <laughs> Kevin Williamson. Not John. Kevin Williamson. You, you, you say, take the stand for your fucking trial, because right now this is not great. <laughs> fucking assholes. What? Yeah, no, that was a that was a fucking dummy script. This was the ending we've been planning all along. <laughs> wow, you you took fucking whatever. It's upsetting. It's not great, dude. It's not. And, and I 
I appreciate everyone that loves this movie, but this ending is rough. And I get it. Like, I get the concept is fucking, I'm fine with the concept. I'm fine with Billy's mom being the killer. Billy's mom, Billy's mom being the killer is a fine motivation. Yeah. I'm fine with it too. The execution wasn't great. The execution was like fucking absurd. Dude, a a psycho dating website? What are we talking about? (laughs) What? And by the way, they killed Timothy like right now, like really easily. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. They just shoot him. (laughs) (laughs) She just shoots fucking Tim. Tim's dead, who then shoots Gail. Gail's gone. So we get on. (laughs) In like the most tropey fashion, right? Like. She shoots Tim, and Tim's like, oh, and then just shoots shoots wildly in the air, shooting Gale. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, and then Aunt Jackie chases Sydney. We get the usual back and forth here, <laughs> except this time it's on a stage. So we get, like, fake lighting and fake lightning and sandbags falling and lights falling and et cetera, et cetera, as Nev is just, like, hitting ropes with an axe and... Aunt Jackie's just like, like running around and Aunt Jackie is ultimately subdued by a bunch of styrofoam bricks, which fall on her, which I, you know, it's supposed to suspend your disbelief for a moment, which I guess I'm sort of fine with. It's like fucking the aggro crag, dude. Like you're you're like (laughs) an adult woman is not going to (laughs) be subdued by that, but. Ultimately, she ends up getting the jump on Sydney. She has her dead to rights. And then Cotton Weary shows up with a fucking gun. Yep. Now, I was like, cool. Cotton's back to being the good guy. That's fine. But Cotton is super pissed at Sydney. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, I don't know who to fucking kill. And it's so hard to follow because Aunt Jackie's just like, kill her, Cotton. She's an idiot and she doesn't want to do interviews with you. And he's like, well, that's a fucking. He's like, oh, fuck, remember Diane Sawyer? That's a fucking solid point, Aunt Jackie. (laughs) (laughs) And Aunt Jackie. And he shifts shifts the barrel of the gun to to, to Sydney. Yeah. And then he's like, like, solid point. And then she's like, I'll kill her. And then, you know. You're the sole survivor, and you get all the interviews forever. And he's like, well, that's, that sounds legit. I like that. <laughs> um, and then he's like, well, Sydney, uh, it's your choice. Do you want to do the Diane Sawyer interview or no? <laughs> Dude, all of this boiling down to the fucking Diane Sawyer interview is the most insane thing I've ever heard. And then Sydney's like, I'll do it. And he's like, fine. And then shoots on Jackie. <laughs> no. And then immediately is like, oh, by the way, I would never. Like, that dude. Kill that, you. That, that, okay. So, like, anyone that's going to be like, he was never going to kill Sydney. That is not even remotely conveyed in this moment. Like, I'm sorry. Like, Cotton is such a piece of shit earlier that you can't. Like, that's where it fails, right? That's where the movie fails. Yeah. And it's not like yes. a total failure. Like, that's why I don't mind the movie. It's like fine. But like, when you look at it, it's like so, just so poorly done that you're like, like cotton was a piece of, like, I don't like fucking cotton. Cotton's a scumbag. <laughs> he should not be the hero. Yeah. <laughs> cotton's a fucking scumbag. And for him to be like, great, hey, by the way, Sid, all of that was bullshit. I'm good to go. Here's the gun. 
see, I was never going to shoot you. Uh, that's fucking insane. Cause you could have shot Jackie the entire time. <laughs> you could have just showed up and shot Jackie instead of showing up and being like, instead, instead of like I'm having a bad fucking <laughs> Sydney is being held at, at knife point. Dude, she's a hostage. <laughs> And to be like, somebody needs to explain what's happening. It's pretty clear cut, Cotton. Just you have the jump on them. You have the jump on them. And for a moment where you're like, Sydney might be the killer in all of this. <laughs> you fucking lunatic. Like, to show up and be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What's happening here? I, I'm i lost. I've not been involved. Somebody in has a lot of explaining to do. <laughs> Both of you give your sides of the story, even though I definitely will not act on it. Right now. What? What What are you talking about? We do get our one last jump scare as Gail's hand from the orchestra pit grabs Sydney's hand. Um, Gail's been shot in the abdomen, by the way. She should for sure probably be dying. Um, but she's not. Um, These guys eat bullets. <laughs> do they? They Except fucking Randy, who's fucking deader than a doornail. Uh, <laughs> I guess he should have been shot, not stabbed. Um, Gail, you know, says, is she dead? Sydney says, I don't know. They always come back. (laughs) Cue Timothy Oliphant acting like an absolute maniac, popping up and being like, (laughs) and just getting blown away. (laughs) And then Sydney ultimately shooting on Jackie one more time in the fucking skull, which was pretty, honestly, kind of (laughs) gruesome. Uh, the movie ends. We get our crew outside just kind of licking their wounds. And then you hear, we got a live one here. And out comes fucking Deputy Dewey. Um, and Gail, she has the moment to, you know, dish the scoop, right? She's the reporter there. Joel shows back up and is like, I'm ready to work. <laughs> and uh, she's like, no, I'm going to go with Dewey to the hospital. So we know that that's real. Um, meanwhile, the, 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 the media clamors around Sydney asking what it's like to be a hero. She tells him to talk to cotton <laughs> and you're like, Oh, that's fucking weird. Cause cotton's a fucking piece of shit. <laughs> and then cotton also continues to be a piece of shit when they approach him. And he's like, all right, you want to talk to me? Pay up bitches. <laughs> like. Uh, which also I don't blame him for. Sure. Give me that fucking money, man. I've been in prison for a year. You know. And that's the end. That's the end. You get a weird ass uh, Goo Goo Doll song at the end. Fake Goo Goo Dolls. It wasn't the real Goo Goo Dolls, as we discussed on our fucking Patreon episode. It's fake. Wait, what, what's, what song is it that plays? Uh, I'm pretty sure it's the... I'm pretty sure it, it's collective soul. It's collective, collective soul. soul. Yeah. It's the collective yeah. soul song, which is like yeah. way. Cause soft. they wanted to do bittersweet symphony. <laughs> yeah. And then instead, they, didn't want, to, they didn't want to pay enough for it. <laughs> and then they were like, can you add some violence to that? And they were like, yeah, I guess So that's what they did. <laughs> um, an earlier version of the uh, script had a little, a creepy addition to the film, which was a, a third ghost face watching from the campus bell tower, which I felt like in that moment when, as it zoomed out on the bell tower, I was like, there's for sure a ghost face there. Right. And there wasn't, but yeah, that was, uh, that was what they had in mind. That was what they had in mind. So that's scream too, baby. 
That's it. So what are your thoughts, man? Like, I mean, we got two more to go and a third after that, but, um, you know, to me, a, a major, like, declining major, A major step back compared to the first one. Agreed. It's fun enough. I If somebody really enjoys it, I can get it. If somebody really hates it, I can also get it. I'm, I'm pretty down the middle. I, I don't think it holds up as much as I once... As much, uh, I don't think it holds up as much as it once did for me. No. But it's still fun enough. I, I wouldn't deter someone from watching it. No, it, it's a good watch. Um, I'll watch it again next year. I think I'm going to do it every December. I'm going to watch all four or five of them. And... Um, like it's fine. Like it, 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 it's fine where it is. I know we picked it apart, but and, and it's not great. But I'm hoping that three. <laughs> I know this is crazy. I, I'm hoping three kind of like just kind of boosts it back up a little bit. You know. Um, I remember nothing about three, so I'm excited to do it, dude. I'm so excited for three and four because I, 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 I don't remember anything. Yeah. L- Lexi, um, uh, cult of Craven. As she goes by on the internet, uh, she she reminded me that fucking Hayden Penetier is in four. Oh boy! And I was like, "Holy shit! Like what? Like what are we talking? Like wait, what?" <laughs> and I forgot that that's just like a whole other generation in in four. And I feel like four was supposed is going to be very similar to five. I think it was meant to be a passing of the torch, but didn't do it well. Um. And then five, five is like a forced passing of the torch because no one's involved in it. <laughs> They're either <laughs> dead or not involved. So um, that's that. Now, oh, dude, this episode's so fucking long. Um, um, it's late. Uh, fucking, should I read oh, these? Or should I? Holy fuck. Save no, it for next not. time. Save all right. All right. We'll save it for next time. We'll read your emails. I'm sorry I didn't get to them this time. We'll read your emails next time. Um, so that's it for this episode, guys. Oh. And we're making a little bit of an audible to our live show. Uh, it's not going to be Cherry Falls this month. We're going to save that for another live show um, in a couple months. This month, we can't not do scary movie, right? Like, that's fucking nuts. Yes. A lot of people have been asking us to do a Dude, scary movie. Scary movie covers one, two, and three, surprisingly. Even though it's released the same year as three, there's a, <laughs> there's a three reference in it. Um, clearly, it was probably like shoehorned in last minute um but one and two are very much covered in scary movie um so we can't not do it as well as i know what you did last summer which we did this summer so yeah we gotta do it we gotta do it so scary movie uh as the patreon uh live show this month um coming up in january um so Get ready for that. That'll be super fun. Um, Facebook.com slash I hate horror. I hate horror.com. Twitter.com slash I hate horror. And at Instagram at I hate horror. I don't know if I said that. Also, um, merch is not back up yet. I think I said we'll do it on January 3rd, maybe. I don't know. I'll launch it. Yeah, I'll try and launch it January 3rd. I don't know what I said last time. But um, whatever we have left, which is kind of limited, especially in the long sleeves, which are dope. Did you did you check out your long sleeve? Hell yeah. Dude, those Love are it. fucking amazing. Um, those will be available at IHateHorror.com um, starting January 3rd. So check that out. Um, and that's it, guys. 
Uh, so thank you all. Thanks, Joe, for doing the show with me. As always, uh, happy new year. Merry Christmas. Um, and that's it. So next week, scream three, scream three. So, uh, for Joe, this is Sean. Stay weird. Oh, wait, Joe, where can they find you? Where can they find you? Uh, Instagram, bookdish1985. All right. And for Joe, this is Sean. Stay weird. (laughs) Thank you. Adios.